Welcome to Masters of the Cinematic Universe. I'm one of your hosts, Joe, and with me as always is Doug and Eric. What's up, guys? What's hey. happening, baby? Oh, yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm excited, yep, I'm excited about this. You know, growing up, I always wanted to have a podcast. Growing up, you did. <laughs> oh, really? <now. laughs> uh, that's a little hint to what we're going to be talking about tonight. But first, what's what's going on with you guys? What's new in your world? Well, I have been. Uh, I took up skateboarding again after a you know fifteen year or so <laughs> hiatus. So uh, it's good cardio. But oh, uh, yeah. but yeah, I've been fat dadding it, man. I actually I had fun today. I took my my uh, seven year old daughter to the skate park, so we got some time, and that was cool. That's, That's awesome. Great. Did yeah, you use yeah. the hoverboard? I have the hoverboard deck. Yeah, I was breaking that in a little bit. It's too yeah. new. Like I hate when skateboards are are are. Shiny yeah, because everyone everyone looks at you like, oh, look at this loser. Well, I don't give, <laughs> I don't care about that anymore. You know, I know there were all these like these weird unspoken rules when we were growing up, like, oh, you can never hold your board by your trucks, and you can't wear shorts, and you know, fuck that, man. Like, yeah, know. nah. But the only the only thing I actually would do because I used to skate too growing up, I would take my shoes and like if they were brand new, I would like scuff them on the concrete just so they'd be scuffed up a little bit. Nah. I didn't want them to look brand new. <laughs> I run my board over the rail a few times, get a few yeah. scratches in it. Yeah. Gotta do it, just just to make it like look a little abused. It can't be brand new, because they're like, oh, look at this, this kid over here. Until you actually come out and do a decent trick. Oh, we're, we're a ways away from that, so. Doug, did you ever skateboard? Yeah, I did, when I was young, down the driveway. That was pretty much it. <laughs> I feel like, um, if this was like Back to the Future rules, like... <laughs> <laughs> me, me and Eric would be like in the Biff Tannen like mega casino future and you'd be back like yes. in the horse manure Biff Tannen day pretty much oh. pretty much that works for me I'm sorry you mean to tell me that Doug invented skateboarding he did yeah that's amazing exactly. he ran up to some like little kid on the thing and, and then pulled the uh, the stick off the top of it and then started skateboarding yeah. like whoa what's he doing yeah <laughs> uh. What's new in your world, Doug? Ah, let's see. Well, uh, new guitar week. Oh, that was shit. pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, picked a, picked up a PRS Starla, so I went full mm. boomer. Nice. Hey, full I saw a picture rock. of that guitar. That is a nice Dude, guitar. Dude, I, I used to have a Starla. They're great guitars. Thank you. Yeah, Which color I, did you get? What's that? What color did you get? The frost green metallic. Mm. So it's it's hot. I got I got to admit it. I mean, Birds I fell in or love dots? with it. What's that? Birds or dots? Uh, birds. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, the one I had was the walnut, like the natural walnut finish with the birds too. Yep, yep. Such a such a great, like versatile guitar. Yeah, it is. It's different than anything I've played. I mean, it's got the humbuckers in it. Um, you know, it's got the coil splitting, but even the humbuckers, you know, full, it, it's got a different voicing than your regular humbuckers. It's a lot cleaner and twangier, so... It's some, definitely something different, but it's a really comfortable guitar to play. Plus, I mean, that's what that's what sold me on it. You know, um, I was never a big fan of the regular PRS stuff, but this one, the looks. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's got it was, a vintage, vintage. Yeah, well, that's. I think Andrew Wall said it looks like a classic car, and he's right. It so is. I named it the Bel Air because that's what it reminds me of the color and everything. You know, the sparkle yeah. finish, the whole yeah. thing, and it's. It really is a dream to play. I'm excited. And it's got a, they have a nice bevel on them also. Yeah, exactly. I like the thin body profile, but it's heavy. It's a heavy guitar for, for a thin body like that. But 
Uh, it feels good. Next, next got enough meat on it. You know, it's not too chunky, but it's got enough on it. And yeah, I, I don't have anything negative to say about it. I'm digging it so far. Nice. So yeah, so it was a good week. That's awesome, man. Yep. Uh, only thing I got going on is mixed feelings for football. <laughs> my, my my college team is killing it, but my pro team is in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, how's how's that Saquon? Uh, I don't know exactly. <laughs> to be honest with you, I have not paid attention. Oh, you di- so you didn't see this weekend that he tore his ACL? No, I knew I knew that, <laughs> but only by reading it because yeah. I just I can't get into football this year. You well, know, I'm I, because I I just have this cloud over my head, thinking it's going to end at any minute because of COVID. So yeah. I just I don't want to get excited. So I haven't really watched anything. You know, no fantasy football, nothing. As the uh, people who listen to the show will find out over time, just because I'm sure it'll come up in many a conversation about movies. Uh, I am from the great city of Miami, Florida. <laughs> really? Yep. I know it comes as a surprise <laughs> to everybody. Uh, we we at one time were the kings of all things football, but as as empires crumble, so do uh, legacies. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, but uh, let's get here to you know the meat of what we actually came here for. Yeah, let's do it. Oh yeah. So we are going to be talking today about some would say a great Sorry. movie, really good. But some might just say it's good, as in. Good fellas. No, that hurt me in my core. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the I'm the king of segues. I'm like the Paul Blart of this this show. <laughs> I don't know if that's something to be proud of. <laughs> no, it's not. You crashed through that. That uh, yeah, that was bad. That was. Although, sp- speaking of dad bodies, I do kind of look like Kevin James. <laughs> <laughs> I know I ate a dad body, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, we we chose to start with this movie because it's just one of those those all time movies that you know we watched you know at some point in our lives and uh, decided it stuck with us and we wanted to talk more in depth about it. Yep. So uh, definitely. I don't even know where to start at. Maybe just the beginning. Well, let's just start at the beginning. So this this. Uh, well, I'd like to start at the beginning, but it, you can't with this. You movie. can't, but you have, but it, yeah. I mean, so the film, you're in the shit right away. You're in the car yeah. with uh, yeah. with three guys. You got Henry Hill, played by Ray Liotta. Uh, Jimmy Conway by uh, Robert De Niro. And, of course, uh, Tommy DeVito, played by Joe Pesci. Mm. And this movie starts with uh, a noise coming from the back of the car. They pull over. There's clearly a guy in the trunk. So... You know you're watching a gangster movie, and uh, and Joe Pesci pulls out what has to be the butcher knife from the movie Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> that thing's like 14 inches. Yeah, yeah. You know, so great. it sets the vibe right away for his character for the rest of this film. Yeah. Uh, like, not only that, but in that scene, uh, you know, now I, I watched this movie over the weekend. It's now into the week, so I'm trying to remember if this was at the beginning or when they eventually come back to it later in the film. But not only does uh, Joe Pesci's character, Tommy, stab him with that knife, but they unload a few rounds into... Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, De Niro's character, Jimmy, unloads yes. a few rounds into him as well. But into the car. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of funny. But I'm like, aren't they worried about shooting the gas tank? Yeah, yeah. Just no <laughs> yeah, regard at all. I mean, yeah, everybody yeah, exactly. knew that, like... They weren't thinking about that. 
a car from the 60s and 70s is going to be super really like never going to blow up if it gets rear end impacts. That's true. That's, I, was, well, I wasn't thinking about that. It was a caddy. I mean, <laughs> no, that was actually was a, a Grand Prix. Oh, that was the that's true. He that's drives true. the caddy later in the movie when yeah, he's on his coke that's binge. True. But yep. uh, I noticed that because I was looking at it, I was like, oh, that's a nice Grand Prix. Hell yeah. <laughs> Beautiful cars in this movie. Oh, yeah. This. It's it's this is this movie is like um, when it comes to food, cars, and just like gangster, it's like porn. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Well, yes. you know, it seems to me the whole reason Henry wanted to be in the mob was because he got to double park. Like that was a huge <laughs> yeah, sticking point for him as a, as a young guy. Like, yeah, double guys park in double front park. of a hydrant, and no one would say a thing. Yeah. Exactly. And, and nobody would park in my driveway, even though we didn't have a car. <laughs> Your car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, yeah. as as all this is going on, we get the the voiceover that sticks with us through a good portion of the movie. Now, we do get two separate voiceovers during the movie. We get both Henry Hill and uh, Karen Hill, his wife. Yeah. Um, now, what strikes me um, is I didn't really even think about it to the very end of the movie, but I think the entire movie is him testifying in front of like, like the entire movie as you're watching it is his testimony in court. Mm-hmm. That did not even... Yeah. And then her testimony in court. Because you'll hear them talk over the movie and explain what's going on. And then at the end when he gets up to break the fourth wall, I think anytime you hear him talking is him saying, like, what's going on in court. And then, like, it does, like, the whole, like, visualization where someone's explaining to me and then it goes to, like, we actually see it. Yeah. Right, right. And so, that makes uh, sense, too, with the dialogue. It's very apologetic, man. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And he's telling it, like, you wouldn't, like... It's, he's telling it like he's telling a story to somebody. He's not like telling it like, uh, you know, like you would just recall something for yourself. Like he's like painting a picture. Yeah. So um, the voiceover comes over. The screen goes black. Goodfellas comes on the screen in red letters. It's awesome. It's ominous. Um, and then we get a really quick dynamic change with one of the, like just this awesome. Um, I can't remember the name of the song that comes on either, but it's got that great like 50s feel to it. That fifties Italy feel, Italian yeah, feel. Uh, uh, was it yeah, Rex to Riches? I'm looking at a list here. But, yeah, there's so uh, many songs. There's like forty yeah. something songs in this movie. I know that it's they great. Um, well, I think it's always saying, Scorsese uses music so well in all the, of his movies. The music and, budget for this film, I think I got it somewhere here in my notes, but it was like a ridiculous number. Oh, it makes sense. It makes sense. Well, you know, most of that went to Sid Vicious at the end. We'll get there. <laughs> Sid Vicious. <laughs> yeah. But we got to uh, take we got to take a step back because one of the most famous movie quotes ever yep. is spoken by Ray Liotta, you know, over the car scene, and oh, that's yeah. what leads us into his younger self. Is just, for as long as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster, and that sets the scene for everything. So, and then you know we move into his younger his younger life. Yep. Now I like the. Uh the way they zoom in on him when you first see him, he's standing behind window blinds, which kind of resemble like he's in a prison at this point. Yeah. Like he's yep. in a prison of where he doesn't want to be. He's like, you know, he wants to be out with all the, the cool gangster guys. He wants to be out mm -hmm. doing gangster things, living the lifestyle, you know, having the jewelry, playing cards, getting whatever they wanted, you know, the big cars, all the women. And uh, he's stuck up in his bedroom, just kind of staring down at it. Those are that's a good insight. Those are good notes, man. You you want to see my notes? It just says freeze frames like twenty times. Freeze frames. Freeze, <laughs> the freeze frames. frames are awesome. They really are. I was I was really taken by the freeze frames in this movie. The way that 
that was all cut together and, and we'll get there but you know just the the editing in this movie is is unreal what's well, Scorsese um, for you yeah that, that's just one of his trademarks but that's uh, a that's a good insight there I didn't really pick up on that I was more distracted by how many of these actors were in the Sopranos yeah for real yeah. there's 27 <laughs> actors from the movie yep. wow wow that go from you know bit parts in The Sopranos to major roles, but yeah, twenty-seven people. I have a note crossover. here that says uh, Polly Walnuts looks unsettling without white hair on the sides. <laughs> he still got that tattoo though. Same we tattoo. Yep. Yep. Wearing the muscle shirt. You know, same look. But yeah. Um, so we get introduced as the uh, camera zooms in on the on the uh, cat on the cab stand to uh, Tony Cicero, also known as Tuddy. He's the brother of Polly, and Polly's the boss of the of the mob. Um, yep. It kind of goes through, you know, some of the things of what makes him important, and you see the dynamic of how how like people respect Paul when he comes out. You know, they they go up and they they're they're fucking with Tuddy, you know, hitting him in the stomach and shit. Then Paul mm-hmm. walks out, and I was like, oh, okay, guys, I'm sorry, I'm that, that was it's your fault, you know. Yeah, they're blaming each to, other. Yeah, yeah, because they don't only get on his wrong side. That that's right. the man. Um, which, funny enough, uh, in The Simpsons, Fat Tony was kind of um, drawn to look similar to, to his character, uh, to the, the character that Paul Cicero played in. Okay, I can see that, yeah. Wait, his name, is, is Cicero his actual last name? No. No, no, Savino, Paul Savino. So, Paul Savino. <laughs> I don't want, um, I'm all these fucking Italian names. Like, there's too many, and they all sound the same. Well, they, they were like, hey, Paulie, uh, you gonna be playing a character named Paulie? Uh, it's a huge stretch for you. We know, but yeah, exactly. Yep. Now I feel for uh, Henry Hill because I too am a. I have an Irish dad and an Italian mom, so I feel like this 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 is my story right here. You know. <laughs> yes, um, it's your story. <laughs> I don't. I you know. I never viciously got beat for skipping school, and I never had the mailman's head stuck into a pizza oven because of yeah. that. But uh, I did, you know, aspire in life to be one of the the the, um, the cool guys, like you know, that was hanging out, you know, that people respected. Sure. Um, I do like the line that he says though. Uh, after he gets beat, he goes, "Everybody takes a beating sometime." Yeah. <laughs> uh, he looked at it kind of as his uh, way into the uh, organization. Yeah, that was it. It's just another thing. It's a part of the life. Yeah. Uh, one of the things about this movie, I seem to like really have picked up on as I was watching it and I think it just makes it adds to the authenticity of the movie well um, it is a true story which it tells you at the very beginning which apparently I've never watched it at the very beginning before I must have always come into that <laughs> yeah. so I'm like oh wow this is a true story but it clear as day just says this is a true story yes um, but the way that Scorsese doesn't like pretty up the sets he keeps it looking real like the scene where they they show like they're talking about Paul and how he doesn't like you know have conversations on the phone. He maybe talks to six or f- people right. total. You know they're sitting there grilling food, these delicious looking sausages, in front of like a fence with the grass overgrown and pallets sitting behind him. Like that is yeah. real. Like that's yeah. how it would actually look. Yeah, the movie well, felt I mean, very authentic. You know, and it's interesting i'm i'm not an italian guy i'm a puerto rican guy but i married into an italian family and i met a lot of uh italian guys a little generation uh, generationally older than me so i can see how formative a movie like this was for them because it you know 
these were the neighborhoods and stuff that that they were familiar with and it felt very real yeah. and also also made them all you know want to act like gangsters and stuff too. of course yeah well i mean the thing about the authenticity that you, you talked about i mean it was shot the scenes were shot all in either Queens, you know, Brooklyn, Manhattan. I think the furthest he went out was over the bridge into Jersey for a couple of scenes with houses, exterior house shots and such. But so each scene might not have been in the exact location where it took place in real life, but it, it was authentic because it was in that area. You know, yeah. if it happened in Queens, they shot it in Queens. If it happened in Brooklyn, they shot it in Brooklyn. Uh, you know, he obviously had to make concessions as far as exactly where these things took place. But yeah, I mean, that's Scorsese. That's what makes it so real is like you said, just seeing a pile of pallets in the background or, you know, the meatpacking district, seeing the other trucks around, things like that. It's it's important. It's it's subtle and almost subliminal, but it's it's very important. You know, it gives that flavor and it allows you to to take it all in. Yeah, even, like, interior shots throughout the movie. They weren't filmed in, like, soundstage studios. These nope. were real places. <laughs> yep. Yep, the houses, everything. The the bars, they were actual locations. And, yeah, they went inside and filmed them. Yeah, I have it throughout my notes. But, like, as I go into places, I'm like, some of these places look shitty. Like, the Bamboo Lounge, for example. Like, yeah, it I looked know. like a really shitty place. <laughs> but, you know, back then, that's what it was, man. That's yeah, I where mean, they, you know. It would have been a fun place, but it was, like, a shitty fun place. Right. Exactly. It's a, it's it's the the equivalent of, of what we call a dive bar now. Correct. Yeah. You know, it's where you want to hang out and have a drink, hang out with with the with the gang. So. So I kind of jumped all out of the storyline there to kind of just talk about the authenticity because I think that that really helps this movie like connect better mm-hmm. than a lot of other movies can. Like I, I love that when things just actually look real and they don't look forced. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um. So. It starts talking about Paul, Paulie, and how he doesn't talk to people. He doesn't use phones. I picked up on this right now. He does not use phones. He will not. He'll have the guy, and they show him walking through the rain to talk to somebody, then walking back to the payphone to call somebody else because he doesn't want to leave any type of a voice recording. Which I feel like this is a lesson that could come in handy later down the road. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, I was. I was. Uh, I in referencing this scene. You, you get that he doesn't want to use a phone and he's, you know, they have this system where they go to the pay phone and they deliver messages but they're using a pay phone directly across the street from Homeboy's yeah, house. Yeah. It's, so a, like, it's convenient for shooting yeah, know, yeah. The, the film but you're right. It's, it is a little it's it's kind of funny. We couldn't break up the single take shot. I mean, to have him walk six blocks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that would have no, been a long fucking no. take. <laughs> they saved that for the Copa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're saying also that Paulie, what he provided was protection for people. It was he. Were, they called right. it the police department for wise guys. Exactly. Which yeah, I thought this was. Life. I thought that this was really good, and you know, because from Henry's perspective, he's romanticizing the mob. He's he's making the audience feel what he feels like. These guys are yes. superheroes. Yeah. And you really do, you know, see it from his point of view. They are providing a service that can't be provided by anybody else and it really tracks like it makes sense so yeah. the villains you're not seeing them that way and, and it really helps push the story forward and you understand why it's so important for him to to be in with these guys because you know it's 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 like a kid wanting to be a firefighter or an astronaut mm-hmm. yeah and to his dying day that's how he felt even after ratting everyone out yeah. he still he never talked badly about them 
Oh no, he I talked mean, bad I, about regular people. What's that? He talked bad about regular people. Like, oh I'm yeah, just no, an he, everyday again, schnook. Yeah, he. Well, that's the thing. I have to live yeah. the rest of my life as a schnook, and you know, he it it hurt him, it crushed him that that this happened to him. But you know, he had to save his own skin. But I mean, I he he used to pop up on the Howard Stern show. He'd call in, um, and just listening to him tell the stories. He, ne- he to his dying day, he he never changed his view. I mean, that was the best part of his life. Ketchup and egg noodles. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So um, the things he really liked, and I thought this was kind of funny. He didn't talk about like in this at this time of his life when he was younger about the money or like that kind of stuff. He's talked about kids carrying his mom's groceries home yeah. out of respect. Out of respect. Talk about cars and, not parking in front of his house. Right. You know, there's just little things like that. Um, uh, he gets his brand new suit, comes home to show it off to his mom. She's like, you look like a gangster. Look in at like, my shoes, ma. And he's like happy. He's like, hell, fuck yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, that's <laughs> the highest compliment. Yeah. Uh, it was It was about the respect. Even the, the emphasis on that word respect when he said, they carried my mom's groceries home for one reason, respect. Respect. And that, that's what it was all about, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, I like how the beginning, like, it's a short, like, it's, it isn't really that long of an intro, but it covers so much. Yes. Um, they have the part where the guy gets shot outside the pizzeria, and, like, they're trying to get him off the property, and then, like, Henry runs back in and grabs aprons, and he's not even worried about the guy that got shot. He's worried about him fucking up the aprons. I know. What's wrong you with wasted you? wasted eight, eight fucking aprons. Eight fucking aprons. I'm just like, so yeah. it's like, he's, you need a little bit of toughening up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> then we move on to the scene where they're kind of having a little den of underground gambling. That sandwich spread that's out there. Oh my god, it looks so good. Wasn't it though? I know. Oh, man. Well, that's where he meets Jimmy. He meets Jimmy comes in and Jimmy's just like the man. Jimmy's walking around handing out money to everybody. I like I said the bartender got $100 for keeping the ice cold. <laughs> uh and when he yeah. meets when when Jimmy meets him, he just slips a 20 right into his 20. pocket. Nothing yep. else. Just right go. into his pocket. Keep um, him coming. Keep yeah. him coming. I have so a note like, here that says, uh, De Niro is supposed to be 28. I know. Yeah. yeah. See, this <laughs> didn't is have my, the de-aging uh, CG back then. <laughs> this is my one gripe with this movie. I was trying to save it as long as I possibly could. But the, the, the Jimmy and the Tommy characters are way too old. Now, I don't want anyone else playing them because... It's just they have to be, you know, De Niro and Pesci, but yeah. they're both way too old. Like, the Tommy character, when he got made, he got made at 28. <laughs> no, of course. I mean, And De Niro know, looks like he's like 50. This goes, this goes, I mean, this allows me to Pesci. pull in something you'll hear quite often too, is the fact that I'm the old guy in the group, right? I went to the movies at a time when you just suspended disbelief. Yeah. You didn't even <laughs> yeah. give it a second thought about their ages or like about the special effects because it it was what it was you went for the story so yeah i can understand how you younger guys might want to have a little more authenticity but i'm you know i'm gonna have to defend the old school filmmaking sorry (laughs) i like i said i wouldn't replace the characters yeah exactly because they they made the movie but and i didn't um, really run into it like it was just in that moment because it was in the dialogue you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I totally get it, and I, I do agree with you. You know, I, that's that was my first thought rewatching it again. Now, you know, these last the, few weeks, just to refresh my memory, it's like, yeah, all right. 
Yeah, the actions of Tommy also are a lot more like explainable when you realize he's only like twenty years old when he's doing this shit, like randomly shooting people yeah. and fucking hothead because he's not old enough to be matured through, you know, like you know if he's been there this long and he's still alive, it's because you know he's he's mature. You're like you don't you yeah. can't just be this hothead fifty year old guy like it doesn't work. Right, you would have you would have fucking killed by now. Yeah, I mean he was I think ten years younger than Henry in real life if I remember correctly, ten or fifteen. Yeah. Not fifteen. It had to be ten years younger. So yeah, he was a he was a kid. I mean, through yeah, for yeah. most of this in real life. And he was know? supposed to be like a big burly dude. Gigantic. A, That's what they said. He was massive. A, apparently, um they wanted Pesci to play the role of Jimmy, but Pesci's like, No, I'm playing this role. Or, yeah. or I'm yep. not doing this movie. It wouldn't have worked. Pesci wouldn't have worked as Jimmy. No. Nah. It just he just wouldn't have. I mean they I, Scorsese knew that he got it right. Yeah. So for all the things that I think could have been good if they had someone that age, I still wouldn't trade it because Pesci kills oh, the character. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So back to the bar. They they start talking about Jimmy. You know, he's twenty eight something years old. Twenty eight, twenty nine. They say um, he was locked up at eleven, and he started doing hits by the age of sixteen. But his favorite thing he loved to do was to steal. Yeah. Like, and he loved to root for the bad guys when they went to watch movies. Yep. Which I always love that because that's I kind of like doing that too. I like. I don't know. I kind of like the bad guys. I know. I get it. I totally get it. You know, unless they're ir- unless they're completely irredeemable, you know. Yeah, I monstrous. mean, I mean, yeah, they're a monster or a piece, a total piece of shit. Then I'm not right. gonna root for them. But I'm always up for that. Definitely, I like an antihero. Yeah. Yes, hundred percent. There's an underdog 100%. element to it. Yeah, it's you know. You want some ambiguity to it, you know? Um, yeah, some conscious shift. I yeah. get into that. So. It goes to a couple cutscenes of showing Jimmy, you know, robbing trucks, um, and then he's taking cigarettes in the beginning, passing them out. Uh, cops come up; he just hands him like a couple packs of cigarettes, some hundred yeah. shoved inside of him. Um, but Henry's out selling cigarettes with um, I can't remember the other kid's name that he was with. No, it was uh, with Tommy. Oh, that was Tommy. That was that was young Tommy. Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't realize that was Tommy. Yeah, he introduces him. Jimmy introduces him. Hey, this is Tommy. But I just and the name. that was their first time meeting, so that's Tommy. Yes. Okay. Well, that well, shit. Then they really they really fucked that up because he is the same age at that point. Yeah, I know. He was maybe a little <laughs> younger, but not much. Yeah. yeah, I know. They did make him smaller though, so uh, he was shorter. I was like, you know? I was like, well, I can't be Tommy because Tommy would have been thirty five at this point if Pesci's fifty something. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, so so uh, Henry gets busted, um, and I love this next scene, like where he's in the court. And, you know, he doesn't say shit. No, I know. But wait, I, I need to step back to the actual scene because I got something I want to ask you guys. Okay. All right. So they're, they're, they're selling the cigs and Tommy's walking back to the car when the cops walk up. And rather than go up and help, you know, oh, Henry, he just runs away. He ducks and he runs like a chicken shit. Now, do you I know that I know that he immediately the scene cuts. He immediately runs to tell the crew what's going on. Yeah. But, I don't know. To me, it sort of it sort of points to some underlying, you know, things that, that Tommy's got going. Where it's, he's definitely in it for himself. You yeah. know, it's self preservation oh, yeah. from the start. It's almost. It's not that he ratted, but he didn't help. He ran. He didn't take the hit. You know, he just took off. He just snuck away like a little snake. And that, I you know, maybe I recognized that the first time I saw it all those years ago. But definitely rewatching it, it caught my attention right away. How he yeah, snuck off. I thought about that too, but then I thought, well, maybe like 
you know, one person has to get away to like let everybody know what's going on. No, no, on. It, it, I don't say it's a hundred percent. I just say it, it yeah. points to something that's there. And the only other thing I wanted to point out about that scene is is Henry. I wish I now remembered the actor's name, the kid, with him just saying it's all right. No, it's all right. It, like because he was so clueless. Yeah, he didn't realize as, that. as to what was really going on because he was so enamored with yeah. these people he was working for that he just thought it was all right. He was dead serious. Like, no, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> no, what, wait, it's all right. Yeah, and it's like, he's like, I, hey, hey, do you know who you're fucking with here? <laughs> yeah, no, it's all right. And then, you know, and then it goes into, into the, the court scene. So, yeah, I'm sorry. You can, you can go ahead, Joe. I just want to get that. Oh, out. no, no, that, <laughs> uh, that's, that's great. That's what we need to be talking about. We need to get yeah. to the root of these real problems. Yep. Um, so they go into court. He doesn't say nothing. And then the lawyer, he sees the look the lawyer gives the judge and the look the judge gives the lawyer. I and he's like, it. oh, I get how this game works now. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. I get it. Yeah. You know, they and I love me the, off the street, make a show with this, but. Yeah. The lawyer's name, character name in the cast credits is Mob Lawyer. <laughs> he's, <never laughs> named. Awesome. he's just Mob Lawyer. Mob Lawyer. Well, <laughs> he this puts is that kinda... shit eating grin up and then Henry's free. Yeah. <laughs> uh. This is kind of the crux of the the whole rest of the movies is uh, never rat on your friends and yep. always keep your mouth shut. Exactly. And, you know, spoiler alert, Henry right. does not do that. Nope. In the end, it was about self-preservation. 100%. Yeah. I love that when he first gets out of there, like, there's a whole fucking, like, just group of people that want to sit there and, like, yes. yeah, fuck yeah, yep. Jimmy, you're the man. Rubbing his hair, kissing him. It's like, yeah. it's like they were, like, waiting outside for him to lose his virginity. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Exactly. Exactly. But I mean, that was like the principle of, you know, the whole right. thing was, you know. That's what drew him in. Yeah. We're you know, your that real family. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We don't rat on each other. And, and But you're right. And it's interesting that scene with Tommy where he runs away, sort of reading into that. They they really are just all afraid and all kind of cowardly. And, and yes. they rely on that system of like, well, you can't fuck with me because of who I know. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, again, it didn't reveal, it might not have revealed a lot, but it did point to his character, you know, in my eyes anyway. So we get one of the uh, amazing freeze frames. Freeze frames. I wrote it and several times. I love yeah, this, freeze frames. This is the last time we see young Henry. Yeah. Yep. And yep. Next, next thing we see, we see the Idlewild Airport, which I had to figure out was actually JFK, oh, what it was called before yes, it was JFK. JFK, baby. Because uh, this is in 1963, so obviously yeah. it wouldn't have been named after JFK yet because he's still alive and kicking. <laughs> and I, I love the introduction of, of adult Henry yeah. just panning up from the shoes and that sharp, that shark skin suit. I mean, he looks sharp, you know? Yeah. Like timeless. Like, yes, it was 1963. The dress was 1963, but it's timeless. The guy looks like a million bucks, you know? Now, I don't know if this is just me. But every time I see like Ray Liotta when he's all like spiffed up and his hair slicked back, he looks like a dollar store John Travolta. <laughs> I would take him over Travolta any day, though. Like oh, any yeah, so would I. But I'm just saying that's what he looks like to me. Every time I know I see what him, you're like, saying. I, I'm like, ah, oh, it's Travolta. I'm like, no, it's not Travolta. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> there is a similar look. I get it. I do get yeah. it. Yep. Have you seen Ray Liotta uh, recently? Oh, God. How bad? I have is not. It? Wait, Don't have you seen Travolta it, recently? <laughs> he looks- Don't ruin it. <sighs> I don't want yeah. to say bad. He looks alarming. I don't know. They just did this uh, this Fast Times at Ridgemont High script read with oh, yeah. celebrities, and he played the teacher. Oh, he and, did, uh, Mr. Hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. 
and uh, yeah, there's there's something about I don't know. Check it oh, out. Oh, we're doing that movie, by the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> Someday <laughs> yeah. we're doing that movie. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, he kind of looks. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of him now. Uh, I don't really know what he looks like. He just looks like an old, like an old Ray Liotta that's face See, is melting. That's sad because even a year ago he was in that that show with uh, what's the name? Alex Rodriguez's uh, wife. Jennifer Lopez. J-Lo. He was in that cop show with J Lo on NBC, and yeah, he oh, looked yeah. like older Ray Liotta, but he was in shape, and he and he and he was good. He was as good and as like sharp, and that's going back a year. I mean, the show got canceled. Maybe he got upset because it got canceled. I don't know, but yeah, he looks like he should be a correspondent on like a, a cable news network. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, at least he didn't go Russell Crowe. All right. Oh, oh. God, yeah. All right, uh. that's frightening. <laughs> 300 pound Russell Crowe. Yeah, but Russell anyway. Crow got a big. <laughs> yeah, um, so Idlewild, you didn't know that, huh? No, I didn't know that. It's yeah, like, I, I, I mean, like me being a New York guy, I knew that. My da- See, my dad worked at Kennedy from right after it changed from Idlewild to Kennedy. Like, that was his life. He worked for Eastern Airlines. Yeah, I mean, if, if I need an expert on New York airports, I'm definitely calling Doug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing I wanted to touch on. I know I don't want to get off track, but looking whoa, at the location whoa, whoa, whoa. shoots. Hold on a second here. You want, What's that? When you talk about airports and you're growing up and touching on stuff. Get... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a deep cut. Yeah. But Maybe no, one the... day you guys will get that story when we do Deep Blue Lagoon. <laughs> there you go. The um, Just the location list. I mean, the, obviously I have, a, I have a deep connection to a lot of what's going on there. If not, the location where the scene was shot where it was supposed to have taken place like the diner right that 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 airline diner it's based on a diner that my dad used to go eat breakfast at or lunch at like because it was right by kennedy airport so like my dad would talk about that way before you know any of this went on He, he would like around the dinner table yeah i went to the sky i think it was called the skyline i'm trying to find it i couldn't find it online but or maybe it was the airport diner but like I had seen that place. He took me there. You know, that wasn't the diner. The location, that location is up in Astoria, which is northern Queens. But, like, I have a connection in some small way to a lot of the, the areas that the, the movie was shot, which makes it even cooler for me, you know? Yeah. That, that's, I always love it, like, when you're watching something, you're like, oh, shit, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, spoiler alert for a movie we got coming up in a... In a probably another month or so, but we're gonna do a movie, Big Trouble, and I've been to a lot of the places in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Doug's our our resident New Yorker. I'm a resident Miamian, and then uh, Eric's been a little bit of everywhere. Yeah, I spent some time in New York, uh, New Jersey, uh, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, Indiana, California, and Florida. No, oh, you got so a lot of bases covered. Good, got a lot of bases covered. Yeah. So. Back to the movie now. They, uh, yeah, the sorry. airport. <laughs> no, that's fair. This, this is what this is all about. They, they used to rob the airport anytime they needed money. Oh, they yeah. said it was better Absolutely. than Citibank. <laughs> I love that yep. line. <laughs> I know, right? Whenever they need money, they rob the airport. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because, like, no one ever fucking cared or something. Like, how do they not well, get, never know, get in trouble? It's, it, as far as, like, the airport stuff goes, everybody now is a post-9-11 mentality when it comes to security at an airport. But pre 9-11, like even when I worked security at Kennedy Airport back in the, in the 80s, I mean, the worst thing that you could think would happen would be like somebody to hijack a plane to Cuba <laughs> and no one would get hurt and they'd all fly home. 
you know so back in the 60s it was even more loosey-goosey you know and everybody yeah. knew everybody everybody had a connection and shit like this happened you know yeah that's when the mile high club was prevalent <laughs> <laughs> alive and well all right now <laughs> uh so that takes us into the bamboo lounge that's <laughs> my favorite scene just the introduction it. scene yeah they're introducing like all these different characters yeah um the single shot just all the names down oh you uh, did excellent oh yeah. nice see got, all i all i wrote was this feels like dick tracy yeah. <laughs> i can't the read half gallery, my handwriting yeah. but i know there was an anthony looks like stable stability 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 or stabil stabil there's Mr. Uh, Mr. Afro Hair Frankie Carbone himself. Oh, I love those Frankie eyebrows. Frankie's one of my favorite comic <laughs> gangsters ever. Yeah, he's great. Um, then there's Fat Andy, who is Mo Black's brother. Yes. Frankie Wop. <laughs> Freddie No Nose. <laughs> Pete the Killer, who is Sally Ball's uh, brother. Then there's Nikki Eyes. Has glasses. Yes, the glasses. Always the dark glasses. Yeah. Mickey Francesi. And then Frances. Jimmy two times, get the papers, get the papers. Yeah. You <laughs> call him two times because he said everything twice. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's just awesome, man. You know, yeah. they, they, they said it's the only way to live. They just got whatever they wanted. They took it. Yep. Um, at this point, you know, the, the basically the nostalgia blowjob ends because that's all the beginning of the movie has been so far up to this point. Right. <laughs> exactly. And we actually get to some plot. Uh, Frenchie comes in and uh, Henry calls Jimmy over to talk to him right. about um, a heist they want to set up for Air France to rob it. Which I always mm. thought was funny that his name was Frenchie and he worked for Air France. I know. Well, that's why they called him Frenchie. But, oh, I uh, guess maybe. But and like, by the way, he was in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> you want to hear oh, the most annoying noise in the world? That's, that's right. It. Oh, my God. I did not put that together. But you yeah, know, that's it. That's nice. him. And again, I should know his name. I've got stuff here, but uh, yeah, that was that That's was him. a good deep cut, Doug. I got to give you props on that one. <laughs> Half a million in cash. Yeah. That's what they were looking for there. And this scene ends and goes into one of the best scenes in the entire movie. Yes. Oh, by the way, real quick, my aunt worked for Air France when that happened. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yep. Uh, you had an airport family. Like, oh yes, yeah, yeah. My aunt was an Air France, uh, an Air France lifer, absolutely. And, and I know you don't believe this, but for some reason you do sound like Bill Burr to me. So every time I see <laughs> F is for family, I think of you because he works in an airport. <laughs> That's hysterical. Okay. Uh, so we get to the uh, the great uh, joke that uh, Tommy is telling about fuck your mother. <laughs> Whoa, what are you doing here? I thought you were going to fuck your mother. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And they are laughing like this is the funniest shit they've ever heard in their fucking life. I think fucking Ray Liotta's about to fucking like burst an eyeball. And he's laughing so fucking hard. Uh, I just want to find something as funny in my life as Ray Liotta finds what is being said by Tommy in the scene. Yeah. Because that yeah, laughter is great. unbelievable. Yeah. And he's like hitting his leg. Whack, whack. Oh, you're so funny. You're so funny. And then it all fucking yeah. just dies down. What do you mean I'm funny? This is where Joe Pesci really steals the rest of the movie. Oh, my God. And now, the best part about this was, this was not even in the script for the movie. This was something right. that Pesci had this... He This happened to him. 
Like there was another guy that said this this whole situation. Like he said he was funny, and this guy said this whole thing to him at a bar one day, and he was telling Scorsese about it, um, and he's like, "Oh, we got to put this in the movie. We got to put yeah. this in the movie." So only in that scene, only two people knew what was going on: him and Leota. No one else knew what was going on because when they filmed it, they wanted to get like the honest re- the reactions yeah. of of like what was happening. That's why if you look at people, people look all fucking like kind of like real nervous and shit because they don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, that's no awesome. exactly I didn't know that. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, I happened to stumble across that in my this this movie is just so full of random trivia that is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we get the the famous line. What do you mean I'm funny? Like like I'm a clown? Like I'm here to amuse you? <laughs> <laughs> um, this has got to be one of like when you go to movie quotes. This has got to be like in the top. I don't even know what, but it's got to be in the top at least hundred of movie quotes of all time. Oh, absolutely. If not, For like the sure. top 20. And, and this scene also does the job of, of introducing a very important character of ball busting, which plays a prominent role in this movie. Ball busting is such a huge part of the culture. They're just constantly fucking with each other. Yeah. It's their and, love and language. Like, it's funny because, like, I think this whole thing is just a test to see if fucking Henry can take the, the pressure. Because, like, yeah. when Henry, like, oh, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Tommy just starts laughing. He's like, "Oh, good. I thought you. I thought we were gonna have, fucking have one of these people that's gonna, uh, you know, bust I'm under pressure. Crack, crack under yeah, pressure. Crack under pressure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then like everyone calms, gets back to like having fun. And then you know the guy who's and if you watch while he, they're doing the whole it's funny scene and the joke scene, the fucking uh, guy with the bill just keeps tapping Tommy in the shoulder the whole time. <laughs> no, he's so dumb. <laughs> oh man. Um, and then he comes up with the bill, which of course is to show off the whole like aspect that Tommy doesn't like to be made of, you know, made a fool of in front of like, his people. Yep. So when he goes, oh, put it on my tab, you know, that that's when the guy should have just walked away. But nah, nah, nah. He's like, well, you know, it's like seven thousand dollars, and he goes, so you're gonna call me out in front of all my friends? like. He just sees this whole fucking situation play out where he's like, you think I'm funny to the other guy, exactly. and he goes, you know. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to call this guy out in front of everybody. Now, this has got to be one of the stupidest fucking people I've ever seen in yeah. this movie. Sonny I mean, Buns was his yeah. name. Yeah. So, he fucking gets a bottle smashed into his head. Yep. <laughs> and then the fucking waiter, who's in the stupidest, like, outfit you've ever seen, the worst Tommy Bahama shirt ever, just fucking stands there and looks at him until he gets shit thrown at him and runs off. <laughs> oh, God. And then it goes back to, you know, him saying some shit. And then fucking, uh, of course, Leota, like Henry Hill has to go like, you really are funny. <laughs> fucking gun at him. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, I'm going to shoot him. Oh, God. I, I, I just, that's such a good scene. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is. It's timeless. That, like you said, that quote has to be top five ever from a movie. Oh, yeah. You know, so. So we move on to the next scene, and you see Polly sitting at a table, and Sonny's in there, like bitching and complaining about Tommy to him. One of the my 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 favorite funniest line takes place in this scene. Go so ahead, go ahead, keep describing. I don't want to steal it from you because because if he offers Paul a, a partnership in the restaurant, and then said, "What does he say?" Uh, Tommy reminds him of. See that I don't remember. Oh, I thought this was the line you were going for. He goes. Oh no 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 no! Like my my favorite on the pig. is when, is when Paulie says, "What do you want me to do? Shoot him?" 
He goes, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. And then Paulie just looks at him, and Sonny just puts his head down. It's just like, it's like, so great. It just shows maybe, how dumb maybe he Maybe I is. shouldn't have said that. And he's fucking sitting right in front of Henry while he's doing all this. Mm-hmm. Like, Well, you know something? Uh, Henry set that up. Yeah. You can tell. And he, he filled Paulie in beforehand. That whole thing was an act for Sonny just to get the restaurant. Oh, yeah. Just to find a way to make money. So. Yeah, because they, they show him like loading the shit in and selling it and running up the credit. But and yeah, like, just Paulie going, like acting dumb. Like, what, what am I? What am, yeah, I don't know like, about restaurants. Yeah. What am I supposed to do? No, he knew. Yeah. He knew because him, him and Henry hashed that whole thing out before Sonny came in. So. And then one of my you know. favorite lines from the entire movie comes in the, to the next scene when they're loading the shit in and out of the restaurant. He's like, can't make your bills this month? I don't care. Fuck you. Pay me. Can't do this? Fuck you. Pay me. You can't do yeah, this? Exactly. Fuck you. Pay me. <laughs> yes um so they run all the bills of the restaurant up um but they're just like you know they're buying shit at retail price and then selling it for half the cost just to move it because it's all profit to them they don't care oh yeah because they didn't pay for it yeah it's not their credit they didn't care for it then they just burn the whole fucking place down at the end (laughs) um which i find it funny that while the place is burning down they're sitting in front of it and tommy's asking henry to go on a double date (laughs) (laughs) with a jewish girl who hates italians yeah she hates italians she's afraid of us (laughs) uh and you know it's just it's that's the ridiculous shit that I like that's the oh, shit yeah. that makes it real because you know this probably really did happen like in just in this exact way like they no, were probably absolutely. sitting in the place burning down he's like hey so what are you doing this weekend oh, I'm going out with this girl well that's uh, Scorsese's yes. a master at that just creating just inane normal conversations and throwing them in you know just high stress situations and just yeah. to, just to disarm you you know um, so Henry wants nothing to do with it. He starts fucking, uh, you know, complaining. And then we get another voiceover comes in. We get to hear Karen's voice for the first time. Yeah. Um, basically she's just talking about how fucking annoying Henry is because <laughs> he's not paying attention or all he wants to do is leave the date Cause he wants to go meet with Tuddy to fucking take care of some business. Um, ends up taking her home um, and just leaving her basically to go run off and do what he wants to do. Um, you know, it's the most awkward scene when like Tommy's trying to be cool at dinner and like, he's just like, nah, fuck it. I just want to get the hell out of here. Yes, exactly. Um, the well, next he wants Friday, to leave separate, like a bunch of hobos. Yeah, <laughs> One of the time. Great line. Yeah. Uh, then they get up next Friday and it's like it's supposed to be a double date, but Henry never shows up. <laughs> oh, when Karen goes looking for him, that's the best. Yeah, she has Tommy. She has Tommy take her to the taxi stand. Yes, <laughs> to like find him, and then she goes, "What are you, some kind of Frankie Valley or something?" <laughs> <laughs> I think that's yep. the moment when Henry really falls for her. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, you know, I like this one. He's like, oh, and the shit. moment that Karen really falls for Henry is probably when Henry uh, pistol whips the neighbor. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You know? and then asks her to hold the gun. She even says, like, she's like, "It turned me on." I gotta yeah. admit, it turned me on. Yeah. And I, for some reason, speaking of Sopranos, I can never get my out of my head that Lorraine Bracco was the therapist in Sopranos. Yeah, I know. I ran into that quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, there's just so many characters that like cross that. That and Christopher um, or Michael Imperioli later. Spider. Ooh, yeah. Spider. Yep. Yep. Poor Spider. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so that's why right. I lost my place there for a second. Sorry about that. Um, next we get to what is known in cinema as one of the most intricate shots of all time. Oh yeah. 
the Copacabana scene. They enter through the back of the restaurant, and then basically they walk through the the, the underbelly of this entire operation. He's saying hi to everybody, slipping to one. He's basically pulling the Jimmy, you know, charming everybody and just kind of showing off his wealth and his you know status. He walks in the restaurant, people sitting there waiting for a table. The the manager just brings up a table, put it front and front and center for him right there. And the the guy's like, hey, but we've been waiting for like an hour. He goes, well, you're gonna keep waiting. <laughs> yep. Um. Little over and three I think minutes for that scene. Little over three minutes for one this. shot. And they were saying because you know the steady cams back in the day—they're not like today where the gimbals are, are much easier yeah. to move around. These are big, giant uh, pieces of camera equipment that they're trying to maneuver up and down stairs, around corners, through tight kitchens, through corridors. Yep. Um, and they said the reason they had to do it—they shot this seven times. <laughs> the reason they had to do it was the stand-up comedian at the very end kept messing it up. He would come into oh, early. Oh, no. All right, wait yeah. Let's let's take a step back here, and I'll call my old man, you know, card again. The stand-up comedian. That's Henny fucking Youngman, dude. Yeah, <laughs> he's I'm one of the most him. famous stand-up comedians ever. He's no Dave Chappelle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, take my Dave Chappelle, please. <laughs> I'm just fucking you, man. No, I just I couldn't remember his name, and I'm you no, know, it's all good. It's all good. But he's but the yeah, one who I mean, kept the, messing the it up. The choreography in that scene—that's what it is. I mean. Yeah, they had to do it seven times, but just yeah. the choreography for you know again the the, the busboys, the waiters, just everybody oh, yeah. moving. You know, had to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. That they but if you look at the end, Ray Liotta gives this kind of like like where he touches his head and kind of points to the side, and that's the cue for the stand up the, the comedian to start, <laughs> <laughs> because like he kept fucking it up, and like they they were yeah. so mad because it was the very end of the scene. Yep. Yep. Um. But yeah, so he's he's big time and you know trying to act like he's he's the man, um, and then the comedy keeps going over, like you hear the voice of the comedy go over the air the air France heist, which is kind of a cool thing because I love how he he does this. He does this a lot where he'll carry the previous yeah. scene into the next scene, but he'll carry the audio from the previous scene over the visuals of the the beginning of the next scene. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a it's a great it's a great piece of um of work that kind of like transitions nicely, much nicer than how I transition things. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I use the sledgehammer method. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not a, I'm more like, what's the guy who did the room? Oh, <laughs> Tommy Wiseau. Tommy yeah, Wiseau. I'm more of a Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> oh, hi Mark. Uh, yeah. With the Shyamalan uh, twist at the end. What are we yes. doing that, in the that room? twist is, it's not oh, very man. good. <laughs> that twist is you've made it long enough that you can't get a refund. <laughs> <laughs> so they they pulled the air france heist um with the help of frenchie and i think they said so they, they brought in a little over four hundred twenty thousand, and this was what got henry really started yeah yeah that was huge money man it was 1967 so that was gigantic money yeah we always got to bring into the economy of scale of inflation yes. when, with these numbers because these numbers might not sound like a lot in like today money, mm-hmm. but back in sixties money, that's a lot. I mean, yeah. Doug, how much could you buy a new car for back in nineteen like sixty three? Fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, I'm just throwing a number out there, but about that, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, think about. I think that was a high end car actually. But yeah, that was I'm like not a sure. decent. That was like an Impala SS. Yeah. Which I want a 63 Impala SS, by the way. That's kind of one of the cars I've always wanted. Okay. You're definitely from Miami. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Well, no, no. If, well, they're more late sixties, early seventies comparison yeah, no, wise, I know. Yeah. and they they ride them high. We you do ride, ride high down in Miami. Oh, yeah, you do. Depending on what kind of rims you have on that car, will tell me if you're from Miami or not. It, it's a donk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the next scene goes to the country club with a where where Karen's like you know in her element and like Tommy like completely feels I'm not Tommy <laughs> Henry got all these fucking names that are sound the same that all end with E <laughs> yeah um, he feels completely like out of out of his sorts here he's trying to pull out cash to like pay for things she's like no yes. you just signed for it yeah um, then the the fucking dude with the tennis rackets shit the the neighbor guy who he beats the shit yeah. out of later uh, comes over and tries to introduce himself and he's just fucking sitting there like I ain't talking to you I don't fucking know you Right. You know, it's funny, and that's another thing that Scorsese did as far as locations go, right? That scene was, what, two minutes long, if that? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that long. Right, so they went down to the Catalina Beach Club in Atlantic Beach. It's on Long Island, um, and it's basically, you know, a small, like, bar island that runs the south shore of Long Island in that area, and there's, like, a beach club every, you know, half a mile. And the thing was, for... for Jewish people back then or even now the beach club is the place to go all summer and so he wanted to be authentic so he could have shot that anywhere because it wasn't a wide angle or anything but he felt it was important to go down there and shoot that because that's what Karen's family would do that's yeah. what every summer they would spend the summer at the beach club so it, it's just cool it's just another you know nod to how cool Scorsese is Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it seems like the the her element, like she feels good here. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but he definitely is a damn fish out of water in this scene. Oh, big time! Mm-hmm. Um, then it goes back to another Copa date where he's out showing off again. You can kind of see her at this point being more and more into it. She gets her second voiceover. Um, you can tell she's really starting to fall for Henry. She loves the exciting lifestyle and everything, and. Um, yeah. I think that leads to the scene where they're in the car and they start making out. Yep. And then it goes into one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Maury's Wigs. Maury's Wigs. <laughs> the commercial. I, I love Maury. <laughs> Which, what's funny is, this was actually based on two commercials that, that came out back in the day. There was a actual place in the area, I think it was like Martin's Wigs or something like that. And the men's club. Yeah. The actual Maury, I don't know his real name. He owned the men's club. I mean, I grew up with those commercials. I but saw then there was another on TV one. all the time. The guy who actually had make the uh, commercial was a guy who owned a window company. Um, and it was like, the guy's like, we had, you know, our windows have like six inches of insulation on either side of the windows. Um, I guess the commercial came on in New York back all the time. Yeah. But, Scorsese actually like basically subcontracted out the, the making of this commercial. He had no part to do with it at all. He liked the commercial that he saw the original one from the TV. Right. And he hired the guy who made that commercial to make a commercial for him for the wig shop. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's and a cool awesome. fact about the actor, Chuck Lowe, who played M- Maury. Yeah. He's De Niro's landlord. landlord. was at one point De Niro's landlord. And he's, and he's, he's property manager now. He's was. in almost every movie De Niro's in, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's saving pals forever. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, nepotism in this. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. 
Um, the one person they really wanted to get, though, was uh, Al Pacino to play Jimmy Conway. Yeah, they but, did. I know. But Pacino know. turned it down because he didn't want to get typecasted. But it's funny because he ended up playing a bigger um, gangster that year in the big boy Caprice uh, in Dick Tracy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which is kind of funny that, like, he didn't want to get stereotyped as a gangster, and that's pretty much what he is. <laughs> He's either a gangster or an extremely crazy person or the devil. <laughs> yep. Because uh, uh, that movie uh, where he's the devil, uh, damn, devil's advocate. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was filmed, well, the beginning parts of it were filmed here in Gainesville, where I live now. Right, um, right. It was cool because there was like a bar here that, well, they tore the bar down now, but the bar that was in the beginning, I've been to that bar before. And the little like church that they had was like right down the street from where I live. And then the courthouse was the Alachua County. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, then, of course, the rest of it takes place in New York. So, you know. I don't know if I could have handled Al Pacino in this movie. Like, this <laughs> Al Pacino and Pesci would be too much. Oh, yeah, I agree. No, it was all right in the end. There's no It would have been like the, P- the Pacino and Pesci show. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's a lot of big energy in that room, man. A lot mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. chewing scenery going on there. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine like the whole like spider scene where De Niro's being so cool, like, hey, hey, you gonna let him get away with that? But Pacino be like, whoa, you want to let him get away with that? <laughs> I know. Exactly. Ooh, ah. Ooh, ah. <laughs> you are digging the hole. <laughs> that's pretty good, Joe. That's actually, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I can do a couple people. Okay. All right. Well, um, yeah, keep that one in your pocket. That's a good one. <laughs> Pacino's one of my favorites, so we'll definitely do some Pacino movies along the way. But yeah. back to this movie. Um, uh, we were on the Copa. That's right, the commercial. Um, then, of course, you know, Maury, who's the most fucking annoying person in the world, oh God, he's starts to fucking complain to Henry about not having money and about Jimmy trying to get money from Jimmy, uh, which is, you know, just something you don't do. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. He's, and Maury's just, not even it didn't like, matter. he's not cool about it. Like, he's not like, you know, I'm going to wait till he's on his own. He's like right in the middle of the crowd. Hey, where's my money? Yep. Give mm-hmm. me my money. I want my money. That was, like, that was great acting. It, you know, he, he got so frustrated at the character. He just wanted to reach through the screen and shake him. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Well, what's funny is, stop. I wonder how many times as his landlord, he actually did come down and say, where's my money? <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, completely thick-headed. Just oblivious to the yeah. danger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, all the time. Because yeah, he thought he was one of the guys, too. So he oh. thought he was above it all in, in his head. And he just didn't get it. And in the end, he got it. So oh, he got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the middle of Maury being a bitch, uh, Henry runs out because he, he forgets a call from Karen um, about the douche across the street with the Corvette. Yes. Um, he, he touched me and then kicked me out of the car when I told him no. <laughs> uh, so Henry, of course, is fucking badass. He walks That's across the street and just fucking pistol whips the motherfucker in his driveway. Not even, not even a word. Yeah. And then the other guy's like, don't, don't shoot me. Don't, don't shoot me. Shoot. <laughs> yeah. Um, he walks over, tells her to hide the gun, and you get her next voiceover. You know, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of women would have called it that when the guy handed them a gun and told her to hide it, but it turned me on. Yep. So yeah. they get married. Naturally. Seems like a healthy relationship. It's an age-old yeah. love story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
the wedding scene comes up next, which is awesome. I love the the whole Peter and Paul thing where like they can't remember which Paul yeah. he it is. That whole it's, scene is a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. To an Italian wedding. It is a hundred percent accurate. It's all Peter's, Paul's and Marie's. Exactly. Then uh, they start handing them the envelopes, and as you watch, the envelopes get fatter and fatter. I know it's great. Um, and then they're dancing, and she's like, "Oh my god, the basket with the envelopes!" And he just fucking laughs. He's like, "No one's touching that hair." I know that's that. a great line. That is a great little throwaway line, and so yeah. true. And the song plays, and they they dance out talking to each other, but you can't hear what they're saying, but you see them talking to each other. Yeah. Um. Then you get the scene with the fucking the mom and the dad what kind of man doesn't come home to his family he stays out all night <laughs> oh wait dad... wait sorry just to go back real quick when you talk about mom and dad the beginning of the wedding scene oh, when they crush right. the, the glass and the camera pans up and shows henry's dad he looks so <laughs> fucking pissed off he's just completely done with it all it's hysterical it's just a I little about quick thing you can just tell he, he wants nothing to do with any of this. And then they go on to the reception. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mazel tov. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I did completely forget about that. Um, now, the, the only dad, thing about that wedding scene that I I was missing was there was a distinct lack of Vincent's. There needed yeah. to be more Vincent's or Vinny's or Vin. Well, yeah. I, but it, it is almost really true about the Peter and the Paul thing. Yeah, yeah. Vincent yeah. can fit in, and definitely. He's in top top three after those two. <laughs> top three. Well, he's okay. in there. Well, what's right. funny is my name is Joseph Vincent. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm can. about as, as Italian you can get for first and middle name, and then my last name is O'Rourke, which is Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Vinny O'Rourke, you know. Exactly. Yeah. See, what pisses me off my whole life growing up, I was Joey, and I was like, Joe and I was like, why the fuck did I not go by Vince? Vince is like a way cooler name. Vince is maybe the coolest name out there. And yeah, then like, it could be. It could now be. I'm like a little too old to go by it, and I'm like, God, I really <laughs> wish I would have went by Vince because yeah, like, it'd be weird if you changed it. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried like a couple years ago. I'm like, just start calling me Vince or call me Vinny. Like it's way cooler than Joey. Joey sounds like an, like a, a kangaroo's baby or some shit. <laughs> it's like a fucking cool name. Uh, yeah, Joey is a very childlike name. Like you should have one of those hats with the little yeah. uh, oh, helicopter. Oh, look, it's little Joey over there. <laughs> like it's hard to take someone named Joey seriously. Like, but Vinny, like people look, you know, that's Vinny. Vinny's a cool guy. I like him. Yep. Right. My cousin's named Vinny. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did there. Dad joke uh, of the night. Yeah. Ding. Oh, I didn't hit the ding button. Uh, <laughs> but um, the dad, um, her dad in that scene looks so familiar, but I can't place where I know him from. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. Bob he reminds Ultimate. me of one of the actors from uh, L.A. Law. Well, he's husband. been in he's been in two things ever. So I yeah, guess but he's it's not, not him. Gonna... He looks like the guy from L.A. Law, but it's not him. He looks like the guy. The over under on him being in an episode of The Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, he looks like the guy that's in all those like uh, funny movies, like um, like a uh, Biodome, and and uh, the guy that's like her brother. He's sitting at home. What's his name? Uh, that's who I was thinking of. Um, my mind just went blank here. Biodome, you say? Ta- Taylor Negron. Oh, that's who, that's he Rest looks like a piece. Yeah, that's that's who I, I was thinking of. 
when I see him. Like, he kind of looks like him. Yeah, um, and I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but enough of my, my foolish di- divesting from the story. <laughs> this is a long movie. we got to get through this episode. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, so... Uh, you know, he finally does show up later in the morning, like early in the morning, late night. And and then she goes to the door, like all happy to see him. And the mom just busts out. What kind of man doesn't come home and stays out all night with his wife at home? And then fucking he just leaves. He starts laughing, fucking gets in the car. And Tommy just starts. Yeah, busting I know they're all laughing. What's wrong with you, Henry? Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Henry? <laughs> and uh, I think that's a. Uh, a 1960 uh, Impala he's in, if I if I have my cars right. It, look, it has that Impala look. Yeah. Um, oh, and with, by the way, the real quick, top. Suzanne Shepard, who played her mom, that's Carmela's mom in The Sopranos. Oh, shit, it is. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yep. Um, so the next thing we go to is the hostess party, which she defines as bad skin and makeup. <laughs> I know. It's so great. Her narration over this uh, scene is so great. And the one girl who's talking about Miami is, what did she call it? The, uh, the Jewish uh, heaven or something? Or <laughs> Oh, I can't remember. Uh, yeah. It's something like where it was like. Where, it, it, where are you from? Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm from Miami. It's where the Jewish people go to die or something. I, it's some shit like that. And I'm just like, damn, it's it's pretty accurate if it's Miami Beach, but like not the rest yeah. of Miami, just Miami Beach. Um, yep. It's the one place outside of New York where you can actually go to a decent deli. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there's some good ones. I spent a lot of time in Lawrence, by the way. Did you, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne? Yeah, I spent <laughs> a lot of time in Lawrence Fishburne. Exactly. Yeah, we don't talk about that though. No, no. Jesus. God, sorry. I couldn't help myself there. <laughs> um, so, uh, next. Um, wait, jump- wait. Sorry. I got a story. Oh, let's do it. What you got? <laughs> so, that scene, you see them getting the uh, the fur coats and stuff off the racks? Yeah. Um, actually, that that's uh, Big Pussy has a cameo in, in Goodfellas. He's one of the coat rack guys. That's, yep. that's what he's like. His name in the cast list is like coat rack guy. Vincent Pastor? But, yeah, Vincent Pastor. Um, when I was a teenager, late teens, I, I may have sold fur coats out of the back of a truck <laughs> with some, uh, some friends of mine. And, uh, we would go to Brooklyn and pick the, the coats up and bring them to a hotel and set up in a ballroom over the weekend and sell well, the coats. Hopefully you sold them in the winter or not the summer. No, we sold them anytime and people would come in because the prices were so great. And, you know, all these people that I did this with were... Their names definitely ended in vowels. <laughs> yeah, so I, d- I did that in real life for, for you know, a, a month or so back in the day. So nice. we'll move on from there. Um, but yeah, so the hostess party, they're just talking about these women are terrible people. All they talk about is complain about their kids and their husbands and beat them and this and that. And the kids yes. don't listen to them anyways. Exactly. Um, they go to a bedroom scene where uh, she's all worried that he's going to go to jail because he hears the stories about Jeannie's husband going to jail. And he says, nobody goes to jail unless they want to go to jail. The reason he went to jail was to get away from Jeannie. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> Which that and should come funny, back to bite him in the that, ass. The reason that is is because back then there was no RICO Act. So the gangsters didn't have to worry unless they specifically got pinched for an actual crime. Huh. There was no RICO Act. That came later. So That's interesting. He's right. Uh, there's a random truck robbery scene where they take a guy, they take the truck, and then Tommy shoots his gun in the air. <laughs> yes. um, 
Then the FBI busts into his house with a warrant, and she talks about how she offers them coffee because the other girl just spits on her floor. Why would she spit on her own floor? <laughs> exactly. Um, then they start talking about, you know, the montage of the birthday parties, the anniversaries, the vacations, any type of family get together. Like, these are the people they hang out with. They're always there. It's not like, you know, they don't have wide groups of friends. They have their friends. Yeah. Um, shows their house where, um, you know, he's got like a whole just like line of suits down the thought side. She has a whole <laughs> line of furs and he's just like strapped in fucking money like it's a damn yeah. uh, suicide vest. We're going to do um, this thing. I got a thing tonight, Karen. I can't do it. Yeah. What do you want? I know. Exactly. And then he hands her a stack of money. She, he's like, how the, big do you, how much do you want? And she's like, puts her fingers up. This and then much. He get, and then, you know what he gets? Yeah, I know. He gets the hero's BJ. <laughs> <laughs> right in the kitchen. BJ. <laughs> right in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Then it gives us a date, so this is obviously an important thing because it seems like only important things get actual dates in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So June eleventh, nineteen seventy, they're at the Sweet Lounge, which is owned by Henry, and uh, we are introduced to another character, a made man of the Gambino family, uh, Mr. Billy Bats. Billy played Bass. by Frank Vincent, which ironically enough, my uncle and grandfather's name is Frank, and uh, my name's Vincent. So there we have Franks, Vincent, and Josephs. <laughs> we've we've even got a Carmine. Carmine, you got it a, all. Yeah, that's yeah. a great one too, Carmine. Oh yeah, that's a, a real good one. That was my grandfather. He passed away uh, last year in November. He was ninety-two when he passed away, so he lived a good long life. Wow, nice, nice. Carmine Joseph Regna. Um, anyways, so Doug, I'm going to let you take this scene because this, this seems to be like your favorite scene. <laughs> no, it's so great because it's Frank Vincent in his prime. I mean, you know, he was obviously born to play a mobster, a gangster, and he, he just runs it like out the door with this one. And I mean, just the condescension. He's talking about the shine box, spit shine Tommy. And you can just, they cut to Tommy. And you can see him just starting oh, yeah. to seethe. And he's not saying anything. And then he just keeps going. And then, you know, the tension sort of breaks with that. You know, I'm only fucking around with you. And then, you know, Billy drops the line. Why don't you go back and get your fucking shine box? Mm. <laughs> and I've said, I, I say, it's like, especially my, my oldest son, Tim, and I, that's a line we use to each other. <laughs> Like almost daily, <laughs> even even over the phone, it's like we bust each other's balls. Go and get your fucking shine box. Oh, so, that's great. Now, yeah. What I didn't notice in the first couple of watches, but I noticed today, is mm -hmm. as Tommy's walking, I says, "Don't let him leave. Don't let Don't him leave. Don't let him leave." Yep. Yeah. That's what he says because he wants to get rid of his girlfriend. Yeah, he, he needs, doesn't. Want he needs to get his girlfriend home, and they need to get his his friends out of there too. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No so, witnesses. I mean. They didn't want it, you know. I mean, Henry, Henry, and Jimmy didn't want it, but they knew it was going to happen. Especially, well, obviously, when they saw him, they knew it was going to happen. But, yeah. um, you know, like especially, especially um, Jimmy. Like when when Tommy jumps on him, Jimmy's right there. He's oh, yeah. right there swinging too. You know, Henry's Fucking hesitant, feet kicking. You know, because he doesn't know what to do. He runs and locks the door, but Jimmy's in on it from the get go, and they just, you know, they beat him to a pulp. Now, here's an dead. interesting bit of trivia. Um, I don't remember the other names of the other two, but there's three movies 
that Frank Vincent pl- plays in where he gets killed by Tommy, by uh, Joe Pesci. Really? Yep. Um, I, I can't figure out my notes where I saw it at either, but I know um, there are three uh, there's three movies total where uh, uh, Frank Vincent's character gets killed by Joe Pesci's character. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, and there was something else they did. Um, I think it was The Sopranos where where uh, Frank Vincent gets killed that, and he said he was looking out for Joe Pesci when they were filming it to see if he was coming <laughs> to kill him. That makes sense, yep. Well, it was it was probably Casino. Oh, yeah, it was Casino. Yeah, Casino. No, 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 no. Because Frank Vincent kills Joe Pesci in Casino. Frank's, Frank's one of the guys that kills Joe Pesci and his brother in Casino, if uh, I remember correctly, anyway. No, Joe Pesci kills Frank Vincent's character in Casino. And then, oh, right. Yeah, and then in Casino, Frank Vincent's character kills Pesci's character. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, that's, that's what right. I mean. In Casino, yeah, okay. Frank Vincent kills Pesci's character. Yeah. Okay, so I had it flipped there, but I know those yeah. two are in movies killing each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's another another movie also, and then uh, when Vincent was, I think Vincent was in Sopranos and got killed, and there it was the joke was like he was looking out to see if Pesci was around anywhere. Yep. <laughs> that makes sense. Now, my, one of my favorite scenes comes after that when they stop at Tommy's mother's house oh, in the middle of the night. And, and Tommy's fantastic. mother is actually Martin Scorsese's mother in real life. Yep. Oh, shit. Look at that. You throw yeah, you spit knowledge, son. I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. I, and, I, I, yeah. just, I love that scene, man. I love that they cut to she's made them a full meal. And oh, yeah. it's no, exactly. like 2 o'clock in the morning. And... And fucking yeah. De Niro is putting ketchup on his spaghetti. Yes. I saw that. I'm like, oh, he's so Irish. <laughs> and they like, said, dude, talked, what are you doing? He talked you know? to Henry Hill a bunch to figure out exactly how um, how Jimmy would have poured ketchup out of the bottle to make sure he did it as accurately as possible. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the the whole, the, the deer, the, the deer, what is it? His, his paw. His paw. His paw. His paw. No, no, you know a hoof. It's a hoof. hoof. Oh, yeah. That was that was ad lib. That whole thing was ad lib. Oh yeah, that whole that and he goes, whole I can't, scene was I can't leave it in. It's a sin. It was sin. improv. And then when she says uh, to to Ray Liotta's character Henry, oh you don't talk much. It's, the reason he said after he was interviewed was because they were improving and he just felt like he was like way like out like yes. outranked by these people. Like, yeah, he, he couldn't, couldn't keep up. Anything. So yeah, yeah, he yeah. couldn't keep up. So he just sat quietly. Yeah, and uh, so some more trivia. Do you know who painted that painting in real life? Oh, it was, uh, it was someone else's Mitch, mom. Mitch, yeah, Mitch Pileggi, who wrote Wise Guy. That's right. His mom, His mom painted that. That's right. And she painted it based on a National Geographic cover. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm like, why is this old lady showing off this terrible picture? <laughs> I know. It's so like, great. I like it. This. The one dog's going one way. The other dog's going the other way. And this guy with you the know? gray hair, doesn't, doesn't he remind you of somebody? Yeah, he's got a nice head. <laughs> hey, yeah, get rid of the beard. Look at that. Uh, and then you hey, start just, hearing... Th- Thump. They pan to the car Thump. for a second and pan back. Yeah. Yep. And I don't think they had, uh, you know, like bass music back then where the, the shit would be thumping the trunk. So know, something exactly. else is going on. You got a flat exactly. tire or something? <laughs> so now we go all the way back to the very beginning of the movie. Uh, and we find out why there's a person in their trunk that, that they're killing. And you find I, out where he got that knife. Which I don't yeah. think that, that scene ever really needed to be at the beginning of the movie. I don't know why they did that, except for just like emphasizing the beginning of the movie. They wanted to establish the bad side of gangster, not the bad side, but just you know, 
the nitty gritty, I guess, of being a gangster, and then move into the ro- romanization, if that's a word, you know, romanticizing. Yeah. You know, See with what me though, Henry like, thought was a gangster. When you have a cold open like that for me, and you're gonna you're gonna like throw back to it later in the movie, it should literally be like you're throwing back to one of the last things in the movie, not something that's like maybe a third of the way into the movie. Yeah, because it just seems like that really should have been you know uh, like the major point of the movie, and it wasn't because like there's so much other shit that happens in this. This movie should really be like three movies. Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't be one movie. Like there should be like a break apart of this because it so much different things go on. Yeah, like that's imagine true. if like there was one movie of his childhood, one movie of him in the heist period, and then one movie of him in like the drug period. Yeah, yeah, there is a separation. Yeah. But that murder, that Billy Bats murder, really represents what shatters the illusion. Like, like oh yeah, Doug yes. was saying the the romanticizing of the life is because that murder is what catches up to Tommy. That murder is kind of what sets things spiraling out of control mm-hmm. uh, for the characters in this movie. So it it's interesting that they chose that as the focal point in the beginning because, you know, there was so much excitement about, you know, Tommy's getting made and it's, you know, this this camaraderie and this, this sense of family and, and everything just falls apart. See, for me, if I was to like, and I know it's not our, our, our point of this show is not to rewrite the movies. But if it was me, I would have started the movie with the scene where he's sitting in the driveway with the gun pulled at his head, and it's, get the fuck out of the car! And then, like, it goes from that into the movie. Yeah, I, I think you need to write an email to uh, Scorsese. Yeah, please, correct me like, Scorsese. Do, like do that, that dynamic... Just don't put my name on it. <laughs> I don't know, I just feel like that would have made more sense to, like, the scope of the entire movie versus, like, this one section of the movie. But that's too straightforward, and that's not Scorsese, and that's, I guess, that's the yeah. bottom line with that. Is that Either that, that does make sense? I and it's, just wouldn't it's done have started. I just would have started the movie with him as a kid and not <laughs> put anything in the beginning at all. <laughs> uh, it would no, have been I'm, like I'm not mad at that. I mean, you know that that's I think that's what you would more expect to see. Yeah, it would have been like if they put the the fucking murder of Maury in the beginning. Of the movie. Like, okay, so they killed somebody. Like, it's, it's fuck. <laughs> what happens in this movie? Like, I get it. Uh, but anyways, enough of my foolishness of me trying to change shit that doesn't need to really be changed. <laughs> <laughs> um, it goes next to the to the idea of why this is so serious is because the fact that like there's rules to the mafia. Um, you know, he was made so like you can't just kill a made man type deal, and how serious of an offense that is. That's why they take him out like upstate to bury him. Yeah. Um, and they say dig the hole deep, but they don't dig that hole very deep. No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> It's kind of like they're digging into the side of a hill that the next good rainstorm could wash away. <laughs> um, so they go to the uh, Copa again, and now this is like Saturday nights is for the wives, Friday nights is for the girlfriends. Yeah. Um, and then they just watch a song for way too long. Like, they could have cut that, like, short. They didn't need to see three minutes of them. this guy singing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and well, I mean, eyes, that was like, that was Jer- Jerry Vale was a big crooner yeah, back but, then, and that was him. So they had to give him his moment. But and you know, were, like those were real tears, man. You know, like when earlier, when like the comedian that I've already forgot his name again was on, <laughs> <Henry, laughs> like guy, they just the let man. him. They just let him like do his comedy over the high scene. They could have just let the singer keep singing over the apartment scene next, and like you know. Not had to show like them slowly zoom across each one of their faces with tears in their eyes. I'm just like, 
I'm like, we don't, we don't need this. Like, this is, this is gratuitous waste of time. I'm like, I'm trying to watch this movie before I have to record this podcast tonight. I don't need to sit here and wait three <laughs> minutes. That's why you didn't like the scene. Watching this fucker sing. But Joseph, you it, hit was, the fast it was forward button. It was beautiful, though. See, yeah, that was, it was the point. It was. A it was beauty. definitely beautiful. But I felt like you know nowadays when movies have a certain like you know uh, mark to make that would have been one of the scenes that got left in the cutting room floor. Like, hey, Martin, can we leave? Can we? Let's trim this a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a get together at Polly's next, um, where where Polly pulls uh, Henry aside and asks him about Billy Bats, and, and Henry's like, oh, I don't know nothing about that, you know. Which is kind of odd that he asks him out about that, like, like, I mean, maybe because I guess he was at his restaurant or his bar, but I could yeah, think, like, I think that's that's. That's the only reason. I, I mean, I just thought about that now because, like, otherwise, like, why would you just ask him? Like, if somebody like came up missing, you wouldn't just randomly ask everybody if they know anything about that. That seemed kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, then, it, like, there's a lot of jumping around between scenes. Um, it jumps back to the bar um, where Jimmy comes up real quick and says, "Hey, we got to move the body because they're going to build right. like these apartments or something, condos or whatever." He said, "Yeah." Yeah, so they run over there to move the body, and then they just fucking bust Henry's balls for throwing up. <laughs> hey, he's an arm. He's a leg. Hey, a my wing. mom's going to make some wing. sausage and pepper. You like the wings and peppers. that are thighs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then he's cleaning out the car the next morning, about to throw up again, and the kids walk by, <laughs> yeah. spraying butt blood out in the driveway. Seems like I something you would skunk. do somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know if Nurse knew I would do that in my driveway. But <laughs> I know, exactly. Um... Then they uh, go to a party at the the girlfriend's apartment, which is kind of weird. They have like a get together there, uh, and uh, that's where he meets um, Sandy. Yeah, I think that's the whole reason the for that scene. He makes eyes makes eyes with her. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing I can think of. No, that's um, definitely the reason. Then for we that get to scene the, is... the awesome scene of them like in their little. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of that would make sense. Yes. Um, but then they go to the uh, poker scene where we meet Michael Imperioli's character, uh, Spider. Oh, Spider. Uh, yeah. Where there's, yep. He, you know, he just doesn't seem to understand he can't fuck with Tommy. Like, no, he's, well, he's not the brightest bulb. You yeah. I, thought, I thought you said you were good, Tommy. Mm-hmm. You don't want to, do you want a drink? Get, get me a fucking drink. <laughs> then he pulls the no, old but I thought you said you were good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was also a frustrating kept, scene to watch. I'm like, just oh, shut it up. was, it was. Just shut up. He kept trying to correct Tommy, and it, no, no, yeah, you're no, a what I like You is, said I see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you said Spider, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm good, I'm good, Spider. <laughs> oh, no, I'm Spider. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you ever seen one of those old Wild West movies where they dance when they're shooting at their feet? Go ahead, and dance for me. Pow, pow. Fuck, shoots him yeah. right in the foot. Yeah. Oh, this is so great. You shot him in the foot. <laughs> <laughs> um, now Michael Imperioli after he got out of his gangster days uh, he went on to do another TV show in his older older days and every time I see the character I'm just like why did you do this um, have any of you watched Hawaii Five O, the newer ones no no, I watched he's it for a barber about a season on, on, on Hawaii that surfs all the time he's like a hippie surfer barber oh. <laughs> that is kind of weird so he cuts the guy's hair he cuts the, the Hawaii Five O guys' hair and then like gives them tips like, oh, yo, I okay. heard this guy came in here the other day talking about this. Oh, man. 
But see, I feel for him because you know you want to talk about typecasting. I, want, I bet yeah, when he got that script and he was like surfer, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, anything but the same shit I've been doing for my whole career. Yeah. Well, he's like super intellectual. In well, he's a, he's a crim- he's an informant, like a a criminal. What was it not criminal? Uh, confidential informant. Right. right. Um. For for the Hawaii Five O guys. Um. So after Spider gets shot in the foot, Karen and Henry get into a big fight because she's like, "You're cheating on me with a whore." <laughs> <laughs> so he leaves, and then like two seconds later, it gets back to the poker room, and Spider yeah. comes back in with a big old fucking thing on his foot. Uh. And then, you know, he starts, you know, trying to just do his shit. And then fucking, of course, Tommy can't let the shit go. Oh, what happened to your foot? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can still dance. Um, mm-hmm. And then he like just under his breath. Go fuck yourself, Tommy. Go fuck yourself, Tommy. And then fucking uh, De Niro's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking throws a hundred at him. Damn, the kid's got some balls. You shoot him in the foot and he tells you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> you going to take that, Tommy? You going to take that? Bop, bop, bop. Fucking blows yes. his fucking ass away. <laughs> I love uh, it. Then Henry says, "You killed him." Yeah, I'm a good shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean at this at this range, how could I miss? Exactly. <laughs> so great. And then fucking Jimmy's just like, "Ah, oh, fuck it. I'm not digging a hole. You got to go dig the hole." Yeah, I don't have any lime. You go dig the hole. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll dig the fucking hole. Where's the shovel? <laughs> exactly. It's so fucking funny. But I, I love how that really just cements like what a sociopath Tommy is. Oh, he's gone. Yeah, yeah he's beyond he's psychopath like he yeah he's completely unhinged i mean you know oh he's, yeah and he's, he's annoyed one, that yes. they're all taking it so seriously exactly exactly and he can't understand it yeah speaking of unhinged the next scene goes to karen bamming all the buttons on the fucking apartment complex janice rossi is a whore <laughs> yeah. i just have in my notes written down karen nuts scenes <laughs> that's it because that's what she does she just goes nuts Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so then Henry wakes up with a fucking gun pointed at him. <laughs> and you get her, mm. her inner monologue. Oh, I couldn't hurt him if I wanted to. Yeah. He turns me on way too much. <laughs> and and flips she was still very him. attracted to him. Yeah. I thought yes. that line was so funny. <laughs> yes. Yep. 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 He flips her back on the ground, points the gun to her, and fucking just punches in the damn cabinet and walks out of the room. Um. So now, since all this crazy shit's going on, Jimmy and Polly show up at the girlfriend's house to set him <laughs> straight. It's another great scene. Yep. And uh, this is kind of where the whole thing fucking just falls apart. Because uh, yeah. Henry gets sent yeah. on a vacation to Tampa where they want to feed the lions, which I'm wondering if Carol Baskin was involved in this in any way, shape, or form. I know, bitch. right? <laughs> now, that's funny. That scene was shot at Prospect Park Zoo in Brooklyn. <laughs> it was no. not Tampa. No. Yeah. See, I was thinking that bitch Carol Baskin had to been involved in this somehow. Because <laughs> if they're in Tampa, she owns a Tampa fucking uh, uh, wild animal sanctuary, big cat, big cat sanctuary, where the fuck it is. Nice. You haven't watched the show, so I no, I, I still mean, haven't watched it. Eric, did and you I'm watch? Proud anything? of that fact. <laughs> I have watched it. I, I yeah. watched the whole thing. I was I was just sitting there in shock and awe like everybody else. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I, I like to call it white it. trash wonderment. Well, that's the thing. I, Joe, I've already said it. I'm a fucking snob. I, I'm not going to degrade <laughs> myself watching that show. I live in Florida. We just call this Tuesday. 
<laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, That's Goodfellas is another film that paints our uh, the state we live in in, in such a positive light. Yeah. Yeah. Where Henry wonders, like, they must feed everyone the lions down here because yeah, you know, it's great. Because <laughs> he immediately he gave everything up. <laughs> oh, it's just so fucking funny. But um. But yeah, so that, that, the whole time watching, that's all I could think about was the damn Carol Baskin bitch because she fed her husband to a tiger. Allegedly, yeah. let's be uh, fair. Allegedly, um, right? But they reopened the cold case. So Ooh. Like, <laughs> Ooh, so um, so the guy who they roughed up and were about to feed to a lion, apparently through a weird twist of fate, his sister works as a typist at the FBI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she, she gave gives everybody up. up. Everybody, including a brother. <laughs> yep, including her brother. So both Henry and Jimmy get uh, 10 years. Um, and then he hooks up with Polly, who was doing a bid for something else for four years, which I uh, thought was kind of weird that he was just in there for four years. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, again, that's pre-Rico. I it think that his- is. That was a little later. I don't know when Rico came into to effect, but I think that might have been it at the time, was that he only got pinched for the crime that he did. So he ended up, you know, the four years doing that. Nice. And do you know who played Vinny? The guy who does the sauce with too much onion? That's uh, Scorsese's dad. Yeah, because that's the one that, uh, that whacks Tommy later. Yes, yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah. Scorsese's dad. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He was the same guy, but for some reason, my mind just shot out there. Yeah, um, and he's done, he's done a few movies. Or he, well, he's passed, but he did, he did a few movies for his son. So that's pretty cool. So Paulie has got a razor blade, and he's getting that garlic so thin that so it'll just great. basically liquefy when it system. hits the oil. <laughs> yeah. You know, Vinny's making the sauce, but he puts too many onions in it for my taste. Yeah, and no, I put three onions in, three small onions. <laughs> Johnny's cooking the meat. <laughs> you know? How do you like your steak? Uh, medium rare. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, an aristocrat. <laughs> and and uh, Jimmy's down in Atlanta at a different jail. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but as Henry's bringing in some contraband, like, you know, prosciutto and some J&B and some wine and some bread. Bread. He yep. also pulls out a bag of drugs and sticks it in his pocket. Yeah. Oh, and that's something I wanted to bring up. So it, in he gets into the limo to go to jail. That's the first yeah. time you see him do drugs. He pops a, a, a huh. fistful of pills. Interesting. So that's the first time. And now, then... Uh, another cool trivia is Ray Liotta never did any type of drugs. So like him trying to play this character of a drug doll guy, he had to really try to like work hard to get. Well, he did a good job. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> That's definitely a cocaine eye. Ain't no question about that. Yep. He went from like uh, Pulp Fiction Travolta to Face Off Travolta. Yes. <laughs> never go yeah. Face Off Travolta. Never <laughs> go Face Off Travolta. <laughs> That's great. Because you know why? You're putting that fucking face on a crazy man's body. <laughs> Um, which that reminds me of one of my favorite episodes of community nicholas cage good or bad i know yes uh that class like almost breaks abed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so uh uh karen comes in to visit uh Henry and she sees that Janice Rossi signed it on a sheet and she is fucking pissed causes a massive scene yeah. starts throwing drugs and fucking sausages and fucking cheese yeah. and bread and shit out of her jacket have her bring um, it in yeah have her bring it in next time you're a whore <laughs> yeah. Karen what can I do I'm in prison I can't stop anybody from seeing me 
Yeah, that's that was his excuse. Yeah. Um, which that if you watch that scene as it's going, like the first person you see there is some guy getting head. I know it's great. <laughs> like, yep. like what the hell? <laughs> like, and he he's a character actor I've seen in a lot of other stuff. He always plays like you know, like yeah. a criminal. You know. Um, another thing that was kind of cool in this movie, a lot of the extras were actual genuine mafia members. Yeah, they were. I know they don't really point out who's who. But yeah. if you look at the if you look at the cast list, especially the uncredited stuff, it's a lot of Italian names. Yeah, and they gave like a bunch of fake like uh, social security numbers and stuff too, because they didn't want to actually be like uh, yes. on the books. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of interesting. They used a lot of real people from that lifestyle in the make- making of this film. Yeah. Um, so after four years, uh, Henry gets out of prison. Karen's there to pick him up outside. He comes home, looks at his place, and is like, "Fuck this, we're leaving. Like we're going to a better." House. I know. I'm going to Pittsburgh. Yep. I got fifteen thousand dollars. They owe me. The next uh, next scene takes place at Paul's house. Paul starts, you know, having a heart to heart with uh, Henry about, hey, you know, stay away from them drugs. I know you had to do that shit while you're in there, but like, you know, now that you're back out here, you know, I got that you could hooked up. We don't, and uh, you might want to stay away from uh, Jimmy and Tommy because they're both getting into fucking trouble and all kinds yeah. of shit. That's uh, that slap was ad libbed, by the way. Paul Sorvino slapped him. Oh yeah, yeah Leota didn't know it was coming because that was like a solid slap. Yeah, you could tell. He didn't know it was coming, but it worked, so. Uh, then it goes to the messiest fucking place you'll ever see, Sandy's house. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, poor Sandy. Yeah, it's someone so was saying, cool. like, um, I was listening to, like, another show, and they were talking about this, and they said, if they just had a shot, like, a shop vac, they could have got two kilos of coke off her carpet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's, like, uh, fucking cocaine everywhere in her place. Um Yeah. Yeah. They were, like, pressing little balls of cocaine, too, which is kind of fucking funny. I know. That was crazy. I know. I'd never seen that before, and I grew up in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, then they go to their new house, which has got to be the most tacky fucking house I've ever seen. <laughs> it was so 70s. It just was so flawlessly it, 70s. It was great. It the only like, thing missing, and I guess because the furniture was leather, was the plastic covering. Yeah. They didn't bother with it. But otherwise, it, it was so 70s. It looked like the Flintstones had a vacation in Japan. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. It was like but Viva you, Rocked Vegas meets Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, but even but Karen's like not, outfit, like Karen's yeah. outfit matched the apartment. It was some kind of like half-ass kimono yeah. outfit, and it matched like, the apartment flawlessly. Like it, This it, couch just, the took whole thing four was months great. to get custom made for us, and then the fucking remote control was bigger than the TV. <laughs> oh, my so God. Great. I love the line, we had the electrician do it special. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like, what yes. does that mean? I know. The, the yeah. remote control, but when I saw the remote control, all I was thinking was, this is like a really shitty pedal that I would see in deer, like do it yourself, gear talk. Yep. Uh, so, we get back to some real business again, finally. Um, Maury comes up and says he has this plan about this Lufthansa thing that's coming in. Uh, you know, they can make a lot of money. Doesn't really go into too many details. Um, then I just, I, the, the, my notes just say, Lois is a bitch with a stupid hat. Because <laughs> she's the babysitter, and she has a stupid fucking, like, uh, hat on. Like one of those yeah, a little hats. fisherman's hat, yeah. Yeah. She um, looked like Wilson from, uh, from the <laughs> Tim Allen show. Yeah, that's right. Same hat. Uh, then the next thing I wrote down here is Coke Crazy Sandy. <laughs> it's funny. I wrote, my, my note was cocaine, 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 Sandy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where she's all up on uh, Henry. Yeah. 
Um, then Henry's taking a shower and hears about the Lufthansa heist on the radio where they can't figure out how much money was stolen, but it's low. right. And he's just my dad was working yeah. at the airport that day. Oh, was he really? <laughs> yes, he was. Was there. he working security? What's no, 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 no. He worked for Eastern Airlines. He was he was on airport grounds. He wasn't. It's not like he was right next door or anything. But he uh, came home talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever get your cut? Did he one round? You know, buying pink Cadillacs. Yeah. <laughs> no. See, he kept it. He was the only small one. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Never spent it. He did the Henry now. Plan. I just I don't know where it is though. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. So, Johnny pulls up with his new wife in their pink Cadillac. <laughs> Jimmy, of course, Johnny is Johnny Roast Beef. That's yeah. my favorite name. That is my a great favorite name. gangster name in the whole movie, Johnny Roast Beef. Uh, they're at the Christmas party. Everything's cool. He pulls up. Then fucking Jimmy's pissed. Then fucking Carbone <laughs> comes in with Carbone. his wife and yeah. his big ass like fur. Jimmy's yep. pissed again. <laughs> um, then it flashes through and you see a very young looking Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Ernie Stacks. Um, hit, hitting on a girl there, um, which when uh, the next scene with him, his arms are fucking like crackhead skinny. <laughs> I know, I know. It looks so off-putting. Uh, well, and then was that course, before or after? Do the right thing. I don't, I don't, I don't remember when "Do the Right Thing" came out. Yeah, I'm not sure. Tom, this was this was 1990. Yeah, I um, think that came out around that time. So he was still relatively, obviously, relatively unknown. So yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean. I didn't. It took me a second to even realize it was him at first because it didn't look yeah. like him at all. I forgot he was in that movie until I saw him, and and yeah, it yeah. became official that he's in every movie. I know exactly. Yeah, he's the that guy of most movies. Yep. Um, yep. Of course, guess who's there being annoying about money? <laughs> yeah, Morris. Oh, real Morris quick wins. about that. So Morris's wife is played by um, Erwin Winkler's wife. In real life, oh shit! Yeah, it's awesome. So it just shows you, like you had mentioned, the the nepotism, the just the, the favors that that Scorsese would would sort of pay out uh, yeah. to people, um, you know, just doing that. So yeah, she was his, she was Maury's wife. Then I wrote down: uh, Henry gets a big stack of money, a big expensive white Christmas tree, Barbies, jewelry, <laughs> and then a, like a, I get the most a, expensive one in the store, a stack full of thousand dollar bills that he palms over to uh, to Karen. Yeah, yep. And it turns out that there was six million dollars in in cash that came from the Lufthansa heist. Yeah. Uh, next morning, uh, Tommy and Carbone show up to kill Stacks because he went to get drugged up or got high and and was hooked up with some girl and left the van outside and they got fingerprints off it. And it was just a matter of time so they would have found him anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny scene is like he's like, I thought you wanted to make the coffee. <laughs> they fucking. Yeah. Leave the coffee pot. <laughs> Take that coffee to go. What are you stupid? <laughs> um. Uh, okay. Oh, um. Henry gets worried and he goes to talk to like uh, Tommy and Jimmy, but they all just tell him to chill. Hey, chill out, chill out, chill out. Tommy's gonna yeah. get made. So like, it's like a fucking day of celebration. Which of course, Maury's in there fucking being annoying again. Exactly. <laughs> Then you start hearing the song "Sunshine of My of Your Love" comes on by Cream, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a great little scene where um, you know Henry knows they're gonna fucking kill Maury, but like he's all worried about. He's like, "Well, I got all till night to talk uh, Tom to, uh, talk Jimmy out of it." So Jimmy knows that like he's not gonna be cool with it, so he just kind of like tells Da, nah, "Don't worry about it." And then of course you know they go out to the car. Um, yeah. Hey, can we go get some uh, Danishes? Uh, Bell likes Danishes. 
and then fucking ice pick through the head. Mm-hmm. And then the funny scene of Carbone. It's like, <laughs> well, like, it can't just start a Cadillac. You know, I got to let him warm up. up. <laughs> let him warm up. I'm going to have him drive. <laughs> well, the funniest part of that was when he says, all right, we got to go cut him up. And Carbone starts getting out of the car like he's going to do it right there. Yeah, like you said we got to cut him up. Not here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was just so dumb. Uh, <laughs> it was great. Yep. So, of course, you know, the next morning, uh, uh, Jim uh, Henry's worried about, like, what the wife's going to find out, you know, because the wife comes running up to his house, of course. And Jimmy's like, oh, don't t- just tell her he's out fucking around or some shit like that. You know, whatever. Yeah. She'll get over it. Um, so I got a question for, some for you reason, guys. I got yeah. a question for you guys. Why do you think Jimmy boxed Henry out of that? Because I'm not quite I just sure. Think, I think because he knew like how close they were. He didn't want to get make him part of it. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. You're yeah, right. I, can see I that. didn't think about it that way because you're right. Henry was the closest to him. So that and, does make sense. Yeah. I just figured and, I'd ask because I wasn't even really Even if sure. you look at the end, he, he even says like, uh, he never asked me to whack anybody. So like, you know, he. Right probably left him out of a lot of killings just because yeah like, that's true no that makes sense that makes more sense than there wasn't anything really nefarious going on there yet i get it okay and then I when he's coming he's, out of the, I, I got the feeling he still saw him as a kid you know yeah 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 you're right you're right and tommy's a kid too but tommy's fucking crazy yeah, yeah exactly tommy, he's tommy doesn't yeah. count no. yeah yeah even though he's sense. played by a 50 something year old man <laughs> <laughs> so um uh, there for some reason there's there's like cops or feds sitting outside of the diner and Jimmy's fucking with them. I don't yes. understand what that has to do with anything because like I think never they followed him. him periodically just for the hell of it because they well they kind of they were following him because of the heist. They you know they might have had an idea that he was involved or that crew was involved and they Maybe. were just trying to get something. Um, but then we get the greatest use of a song that I always forget that this is this song because it's like this is like this movie is two separate movies. This yeah. song is two separate songs. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and that's Layla. You get the great piano coda from Layla. Mm-hmm. And you start seeing all the dead bodies. You find uh, Roast Beef and his uh, pink caddy dead with his wife. Yep. You find Frenchie in the trash truck. Mm-hmm. In the meat truck, you find Carbone, which if you're watching that scene on a 75-inch TV in uh, 1080 remaster, you'll see him breathing even though he's supposed to be frozen solid. Uh, really? You okay. see his neck like start breathing out like he's like... <laughs> Like, he's not doing a good job of hiding it at all. <laughs> all right, so when I get my 75-inch 1080 remaster, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm watching it, and I'm like, he's like, he was frozen solid for two days, and I see yeah. his throat moving, and I'm like, it doesn't look very frozen solid. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm talking too much here. You guys got to talk some more. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> so where are we? We found the dead bodies. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a great little montage just to show you you know like how spiraling out of control jimmy's attitude was to to cutting off everybody that was involved yes exactly yeah it it was good and i even made a note about henry was spared well it makes more sense about why as to what you guys had mentioned about the way you know jimmy looks at him but, I mean, he was spared because he did keep quiet. He, he followed yeah. the rules for, you know, 99% of the rules anyway, except for the Christmas tree. So Yeah, and <laughs> he also didn't bother Jimmy about money. That one, so. 
Yeah, the like Chris, everyone the else is bothering is, uh, under the radar, you know. Yeah, um, exactly. It was in the house. It takes <laughs> us next to a diner where our uh, both Jimmy and Henry are sitting there eating, waiting for like you know to find out that Tommy got made. Yeah, uh, it goes to a really touching scene where Tommy says goodbye to his mom, which is actually Scorsese's mom, and he's about to get killed by Scorsese's dad. So that's really awkward. Like if you think about yeah, it in real life. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, we get the definition of why they're called Goodfellas. Um, yeah, you know, because they're they're good fellas. You know, they because he's you know, a good fella. They're good fellas. <laughs> um, we get the explanation of why neither Jimmy nor Henry can be made men because you know they have Irish blood, so they can't be made. They ha- you're not pure yeah. Italian where they can trace your lineage back. Which yeah. um, there's an interesting thing I found also. That where'd it go here? Henry states that Jimmy and him could never be made because they weren't of full Italian descent. However, that rule was changed in 2000 by the commission of the five New York City families. A man really? can now be made if his father is of Italian descent and his last name is Italian. However, this would still exclude Henry and Jimmy as their both fathers were were Irish and Jimmy's Irish. surname isn't Italian. <laughs> right, but. But uh, it it shows you don't have to be full Italian anymore to get made. You just have Italian fathers. Oh, that's interesting. The stuff I found looking for this this movie, <laughs> I just so much, so so much. I I know I've missed like twenty thousand times the stuff I've already looked up. But we got to move on with moving on. Keep it on moving yeah. on. So you get this scene where Tommy's all excited. Oh, how long ago did you get made? Oh, thirty years ago, son. Huh? I was you know. They come into a room and he looks around and within a split second, fucking shot right through the head. Yep, right he through goes, the face. Oh no, and he doesn't even get no out and he gets nah. shot right in the head. Yep, and they said he shot him in the face so he can't even have an open coffin at his funeral. Yeah. And then I just Vinny Vinny's standing over him and he just says, And that's that. <laughs> yep. And that's it. I and just they, love the way he says it, and that's that. Yep. D- didn't, you know? um, and there was nothing we could do. There was Jimmy nothing. Calls. It had to be done. Yep. And he does not take this news well. He kicks over the fucking payphone. <laughs> right. Uh, he, and then Henry comes out. And Henry's just like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Oh, no. And then it was really kind of weird at that point. Yeah, um, yeah. Then I'm assuming some time has passed. Because now all of a sudden it's 1980. <laughs> yeah, I think that was 78. Um, don't quote yeah, me on that. Yeah, something like that. I think that, that might have been 78. And then now... He's, you know, Henry's fully into the cocaine and, you know, yep. just. And this is the crazy day with the fucking helicopter chases. I literally just wrote down the bullet points of what happens during this day because there's just so much yeah. fucking going on. Right. So I wrote the crazy coke day. Right. Except- That's what I wrote. Perfect cocaine description scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just frenetic camera angles. I mean, it fully demonstrated like a coke addict's high. Yeah. You know, on every like, level. This point right here could have been its own movie. <laughs> right. Right. This um, this sequence legit gave me anxiety. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And that's yeah, all Scorsese, man. That's all fuck? just his his camera shots, his editing, his cutting. It's you know he's on he's on a we know that, but he's on a different level. He's he's definitely on another plane of existence. And the pace that this moved at, it moved so crazily fast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he throws guns in a paper bag. He looks outside. He sees a helicopter. Throws it in the car. Then he runs over to Jimmy's house to tell him some silencers 
that he wanted because he wanted some that of his gun, but it won't fit my gun, so he knew he was going to be stuck with yeah. the money, but he didn't care anyway because he had these guys from Pittsburgh that liked to buy guns, and he would just get all the guns to the guys from Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel Pittsburgh, like that's Pittsburgh, the pace. Pittsburgh. The, the, the speed with which I just said that, I feel like is the pace of this entire thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. the whole thing. The whole thing. Exactly. Um, and speaking of trivia, I, I found this out, which I found crazy, is that when they tested this movie for the market, people did not like this sequence. Really? At all. Yeah. I guess it was like at that time period, like, you know, they weren't used to this yet. <laughs> Your parents are going to like it, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, it, it just it didn't test well. People saw this and they were like, what the fuck is going on? But it works so well. It does. So he's paranoid the whole fucking time, looking out the window, looking for helicopters. Um, after he leaves Jimmy's place, he's on his way to the hospital to pick up the brother he's never mentioned in the entire movie <laughs> since the first scene. <laughs> yeah, we know very um, little about uh, Michael in the wheelchair. Michael in the wheelchair. That's his yeah. name. Like, that's his middle name, in the wheelchair. In the wheelchair. He, he's Michael he's in the wheelchair. He's got to stir that Hill. sauce. Do not stop exactly. stirring the sauce. Now, what I really yeah. enjoy is the fact that Henry, the the name that Henry also is a... As a Usually uh, shortened to. What's the name Henry shortened to as like a nickname? Hank. Hank Hill. King of the Hill. So when he's a witness, so King of the Hill is witness protection life for fucking Henry Hill. Yeah, that's true. I wonder. (laughs) I was thinking about the other day. I was like, I was like, imagine if like the King of the Hill show was actually the witness protection life that Henry Hill lived. (laughs) That's great. And fucking Peggy is Karen. Yeah. And it's cool that, that Henry's brother, uh, talking about him, that's a very, very young uh, Kevin Corrigan. Yeah. And he's one of my favorite character actors. I love anything that he's in. And he was like a kid in that movie. Yeah, he was so, so young. Yep. And I'll so, say, too, having married into an Italian family, I appreciated the reference to the sauce being called gravy. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah that was a I nice mean, I, touch. Yeah, I grew up in an Italian neighborhood, and I used to eat over my next door neighbor and best friend's house and his grandfather would make the it was sunday gravy day like i would go yep. over there on sundays and have the gravy with the rest of the family so yep so he's on the way to the hospital he almost gets in an accident and fucking slams on his brakes um and that's the scene that like just made me fucking like tense up. oh like, my god uh, right uh, i know hits the fucking emergency brake and uh now doug probably knows what this is but eric when you see him hit the brake and then the emergency brake, there's a little silver knob on the on the floor. Do you know what that is? I do not. <laughs> that's the high beams. Oh, no. Yes. That's how you used to turn on high beams. There was an yep. actual button you had to click with your foot. There's a button on the floor you click because yeah. my old Mercury used to have that in switch. it. Wow. Yeah. It was like a guitar pedal, but for your lights. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was just seeing if you knew exactly. that. I knew, I knew Doug knew what that was. <laughs> uh, but so... He gets to the hospital. Yep. The doctor wants to check him out because, you know, he's all fucking. He's like, I just got almost got in a car accident. <laughs> fucking. And I have like seven tons of cocaine racing through my he veins. Was, he was so sweaty. He was just covered yeah. in sweat. It was disgusting. Yep. Then he goes back to the um, to the house and they start cooking again. And he has these perfect cutlets and they're so perfect. I had them sliced so thin and they're, they're amazing and they're yep. going to be awesome. The appetizer. And I just love how like through this whole like all the serious shit he's doing, he's just talking about, like, the food still. I know. Because well, that's still um, top of mind in his anxious brain. He's, like, yeah. thinking about that sauce, man. Right. Now, he starts the sauce the- at, um, like, 
eight thirty in the morning or something like that. And they eat at ten forty five at night. Ten forty five. I at love night. how late That's their just dinner is. Yeah, it's like so. <laughs> and like everybody late. was just doing it. They were all. There was no. Yep. They were just all diving in. And everything was like it was normal. <laughs> oh yeah, there's like fucking old ass Pepsi cans and shit on the table. I know. Um, I know. So they go to the mom's house, her mom's house to hide the guns. And he says, tell your mom not to come outside. <laughs> they go shopping because for some reason they have to go shopping this day. Of all the shit they're doing, they have to go shopping. I don't understand that one. Um, but after they go shopping, they go back to pick up the guns again. Then they go to meet the guys from Pittsburgh who they sell the guns to. And then they get the coke from them. And then she needs to do a fucking uh, rail. And what he goes, this shit will have you seen helicopters. <laughs> I know. Uh, um, oh, so one piece, one cool piece of trivia, interesting piece of trivia. During that whole scene, there's w- where um, I guess he, he either hands Lois the airline ticket or she has it, and they look at it, and it's blacked out. Part I saw of the, that. Yeah, part of the sleeve out. is blacked out, and I found out it's because they have to pay like basically royalty fees for whatever airline that was, and they expire, and it, if they keep showing the movie they've got to pay them Interesting. so what they did in the in since it was released they just black it out now like in theaters it wasn't blacked out huh. but now it is because they don't want to pay them i wonder what airline it was because most of them yeah. went out of business yeah i'm i'm looking to see if it says well, it's uh, american airlines oh no wonder that's why they should have yeah, picked pan am <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh so they pick up the packages from the drug dealer, take them back to the house to give to Lois to get to Atlanta. Um, he calls her and says, do not call from the house. So what does she fucking do? Hangs up and calls from the house. There you go. Um, For the fucking hat. <laughs> the yep. Wilson hat. Damn it. So he goes back to the make to make the dinner. Um, then he leaves again after he's got raw meat on his hands because he like yeah. plays in the cutlass, doesn't wash his hands off, just grabs a towel and then runs out the door. Goes over to Sandy's place, and then, like, in the funniest scene in this whole fucking movie, for some reason, uh, he's like, he's, she's like, you're not just coming here to fuck me and leave, are you? And then he, like, he goes, no, no, I would never do that. And he grabs it, and has this crazy fucking look at his face, like, I got you, bitch! That, that, pat, <laughs> that patented Ray Liotta cackle. Like, it's like his calling card, and he nailed it. Yeah. It was so good. No, it just reminds me of the whole, like, Dave Chappelle, gotcha, bitch thing. Yeah. Uh, so he runs out, goes back, and they're actually eating dinner now. Yeah, um, right at 1045. 1045 at night. At night. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, time to leave the airport. I need my hat. Ugh. I'm not going all the way to Rockaway to pick up a hat. Now, I don't know New York geography, but how far is Rockaway from That's a, Rockaway's a drive because it's an island, basically, on the south shore of, of Long Island. It's kind of under Brooklyn. So wherever they are in Queens, they've got, it's yeah, it sucks. Bottom line is it sucks <laughs> to have to do And I'm that. assuming they're going back to Idlewild, JFK. So yeah. they would go from there all the way down there, then all the way back up there. Is that like a long drive? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter anyways because as he's backing out of the driveway, freeze, motherfucker, don't move, turn the car off. And you get the whole like, yeah, I knew they were cops because – Wise guys, I would have already just been dead. You don't see yep. them coming. They don't yell at you. They don't make a bunch of noise. Yeah. Um, so that cop was actually a cop at one point. His name is Bo Deedle. Oh, nice. He was a, a police detective, and then he basically turned into sort of a reality star. He, he would, you, you, 
you've probably seen him and not even realized it on a hundred news segments on CNN and Fox and everything. He uh, did look since, familiar. But yeah, he was a New York City police detective. That's cool. Turned actor. Yeah. Um, so while this is going on outside, uh, fucking Karen goes crazy, starts flushing all the coke down the toilet yeah. and grabs a gun and sticks it in her panties. I don't know. Yep. She's trying to like reenact the uh, fucking Ace Ventura scene. <laughs> <laughs> She's a he. <laughs> And then Dan Marino's like, hey, Ace, come back here. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, he's sitting in the thing, and they're like, he's like not saying shit. And then all of a sudden, they fucking come in with Sandy's fucking apartment full of coke. So um, and he's like, gotcha, dickhead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's when he, he grabs, Bo, that's Bo Deedle. He grabs him by the arm and goes, bye-bye, dickhead. <laughs> that's right, bye-bye, dickhead. <laughs> so great. Um, so he needs to get bailed out because he thinks he's going to get killed by Polly in jail for selling drugs. Um, so the mom, her mom, puts some mortgage or something on her house. To yeah, get the money. yeah, she puts up her house. She basically yeah. puts up the, t- the, the deed on her house. That's right. Um, so uh, uh, both Jimmy and Polly, he's worried about both of them that like either Jimmy's going to try to kill him or Polly's going to try to kill him or Polly's going to try to kill Jimmy. Yeah. Um, so he goes home, and then he realizes all the drugs are gone because she flushed them on the toilet. They get kind of in an argument. He goes fucking crazy because it was $60,000 worth of drugs. I know. But that um, scene is so emotional for the two oh yeah. of them, though. It was incredible because they were both coked out of their minds. Oh, yeah. And she sees him break down like he's never broken down before. Yeah, he's always like, been cool. She looks at him, cool. and she knows he's defeated, and she she's crushed for him. Yeah. And then they just end up like holding each other because they they've got nothing. They wake up. He has the gun in his hand, um, and he goes to apologize to Polly and tell him about how ashamed he is and how he just needs like you know a break. Cut me a break. And Polly hands him a, ca- a wad of cash, thirty two hundred bucks for a lifetime. For a lifetime. Um, and then he turns his back on him and he's like, "You got to go." And, yeah. Uh, he's like, "Well, that still doesn't mean he's not going to fucking kill me. He just gave me some money." Right. Yeah. So he's well, like, that's we what he it. says. He goes thirty two, thirty two hundred dollars for a lifetime. That's not even enough to pay for the casket. Yeah, that's right. He does say that. Um, then he gets in a fight with Karen about having to leave, and she's like, "No, we don't have to." But then she goes to see Jimmy, where she gives her some money, and then sends her down to get some dresses to the sketchy ass corner, which she realizes is kind of like a setup. And at that, so point, you think she, he was going to whack her? See, I'm not sure. I, I do. kind of. Yeah, do. I'm not either. You do? I kind of do. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, here's the other thing, though, and this isn't in the movie, but in real life, when uh, when Henry's in jail, like the real Henry was in jail, she was yeah. fucking Polly, like really? regularly, yeah, to get money. Um, and then I think even Jimmy tried to fuck her like a couple times, like in real Holy life. Holy shit! Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was listening to like an like an like some of the interview behind the scene with uh with Henry Hill, and he was talking about that shit. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. think he was trying to get her killed just by the way he was looking around. Yeah, in that scene, like just yeah. sketchy, sure sketchy. You know, I think, and- or kidnapped. Like either they were going to hold her to like have like you know Jimmy or have like, yeah. Henry brought to him type deal. So he can. Get I agree. I, I think my my hesitancy comes from just personal feeling, like not wanting that to be the case. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. So I, I I do agree. I guess just to look at it. You know, objectively, I agree, but I just didn't want it to be that. So even all these years, it's like, nah, he really wasn't going to do it. But yeah, even like thinking about the re 
playing that scene in my head just from watching it today. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, he, they he, kept, there was definitely em- something nasty going on. Yeah, they keep emphasizing this idea of like you have no choice. Like there comes you know a point yeah. where you have to do the thing you don't want to do, and it just becomes the job, right? You know, yeah. And he, clearly, mm-hmm. he was just mm-hmm. knocking people off that list. So, yeah, for and me, just just the shifty looking around, and and you know. Even when she runs away, he gets back in the car and peels out. He he just kind of he doesn't look like. Why the fuck did she do that? Like, what about yeah. the dress? Yeah, I know he's kind of frustrated. You're right. I mean, maybe it was said earlier, but Jimmy, if Jimmy felt it was necessary to whack Paulie, he would do it. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. to protect himself. So I get it. Yeah, I I agree with you then. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, she runs home scared, and then like Henry's like, "Well, I got to go meet Jimmy." So he goes up to the diner to meet Jimmy. Uh, which he says is weird because he showed up early and he's sitting by a window, so he wants to make sure he can see who's coming and going. And then he yeah. sends him on a, like, a hit type thing. But he knows right. that he would never have done that, so if he went down to Florida, he wasn't coming back. Which, once again, thank you for fucking calling Florida the shithole where everyone goes to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they go the next scene where they're in like meeting with the witness protection guy, which this is actually a real witness protection guy, too. Yeah, he is. I know. You could tell you could yeah. tell in that dialogue that that it was just him being him. That was yeah, the like, cool part of that. You he, know? They actually got a guy who was just an actual witness protection guy to do the scene because yeah. he, he would be able to like have you know, convey this the way that it yep. actually works. Um, it was so, very, Henry, very natural dialogue. It was it was cool. Yeah. Yep. Henry decides to uh, you know, that it's what's gonna be best because, you know, even if he goes by himself, which he won't do they're just going to take her and the kids to try to like get back at him and she can't visit her mom but you know maybe we could work something out if they're in the hospital you know unforeseen circumstances yeah right right <laughs> but he's um, telling them anything that they want to hear just to yeah. get it going because that's going to seal his deal so so they get the case going on jimmy gets arrested paulie gets arrested and then it goes to the actual like the the jury witness like trial scene where you know he's basically the continuation of this entire movie has been him telling the story to the to the jury. I yeah. still I, I still think this entire movie is him telling the story to the jury. That could be. It could um, be. Yeah. That's why you got all the narration over everything because it's it's right. him breaking in and breaking out, and then he just breaks the fourth wall at the end. And One of the comes best out and addresses, fourth wall breaks ever. Dresses the camera, um, and you know then it goes to the scene where it's like. The wherever they sent send him to in the Midwest, probably like Oklahoma or some shit. Um, yeah, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, I went in to, to try to order some spaghetti, and they gave me egg noodles and ketchup." <laughs> <laughs> Living like some kind of schnook, I missed yep. the lifestyle. He didn't miss nothing except the lifestyle itself. That's all he wanted. No, well, that's what it was. Life. That's what it all goes back to, you know. Yeah. And then for some reason, they have Tommy shoot the camera, which I think is supposed to be like a train robbery thing or something. Yeah, the well, train it's, robbery. Yeah, it is. It's from that. It's an homage to that, but it's also to just let you know that Henry knows that he's never going to be safe. And then the coolest thing about that is as the Sid Vicious, you know, starts to play up yeah. and Henry closes the door, it it sound the sound the sound effect is a cell door closing. Yes. You know, it's not it, it's not just a door closing. Cuz he's it's back a, in his prison, prison cell. Of, of suburbia he's in life. prison whether he, you know, he yeah, is like or not. when he was a kid, when he was looking out the window and through the blinds as the prison. Yeah. Because um, he's not in the life that he wants to be in. Uh, now, the reason they put the Sid Vicious version of that is because Frank Sinatra wouldn't let them use his version. 
they wanted the Frank Sinatra version and he would not let them use it. So they just said, fuck it. We're going to use the Sid Vicious version instead. Yeah, but it works, you know. I mean, that, really cause that's the thing. We, we've talked about the music a bit, but, you know, you know, per Scorsese and the way he does things, every song was either from the year that it took place or before. So there wasn't any music used, you know, that was created after the scene chronologically. And it's cool the way it was a lot of, you know, classic Italian or crooner music. But anytime drugs were involved, it went to that 70s, you know. Yeah. And even it actually started the Billy Bat scene, right? When he attacks Billy Bats. They play a Donovan song oh, called yeah, Atlantis. Right. And that was the first, like, modern, non-crooner, non-like Italian classic song in the movie. And then it started to evolve because they got into the 70s, but also when the drugs got involved, the music would change, you know? So it was, it's just obviously another way that Scorsese is a friggin' genius. Yep. So I got a couple other pieces of trivia I just wanted to touch on that were kind of funny. The word fuck and its derivatives are used 321 times in this movie. Yes. An average of 2.04 per minute. Nice. And Joe Pesci says about half of them. Yeah. The yeah. script only called for the word to be used 70 times, but since much of the dialogue <laughs> was improvised, the expletives piled up. When the film released, it had the most profanity of any movie in history, but as of 2020, it's only number 15. Right. The Wolf of and Wall that, Street is number three. Yeah. But that's the reason why it lost to, to Dances with Wolves for Best Picture. Yeah. It was, the, was the violence, the graphic violence, and the profanity. And I mean, and we're talking 90. It's not like this was the 70s. But you, even in the 90s, it was that provincial, you know, where it costed an Oscar for Best Picture. Another uh, cool thing is, during the movie, they insisted, um, well, De Niro insisted on having real money and real guns yes. because he, he didn't like the way the fake money felt and the fake guns felt, and he didn't yeah. think it was authentic, so they used real money and real guns. And then uh, Lorraine Bracco decided, well, if they're getting real money and real guns, I want real jewelry. <laughs> so they Good were all everything was real because they yeah. wanted it to be super authentic yep um, and then they said De Niro got top billing even though Ray Liotta is the film's narrator and the main character of the movie <laughs> yeah awesome. I mean that's not surprising yep um, there's just so many cool like behind the scenes facts about this like um, it's just it's such a cool movie yeah, bottom line, that's what it is. That's the perfect word for it, is it's cool. It's like the coolest, you know. Well, it's a good place for us to throw our ratings at Goodfellas here. Uh, Joseph, out of five stars, what are you giving it? Yep, so let's uh, let's do a breakdown real quick. So we've never done these, one of these before. Um, we're going to go on a star system, a one, two, or actually, let's do zero to five stars, because there's going to be some <laughs> zero star movies out there. Sure. Um, this is our zero to five stars. We can even do partial stars if we want to, to make it, uh, whereas one being lowest or actually zero being lowest, five being the highest possible. So if you give it a five, this is the best movie you've ever seen. This is a cinema classic. It goes down in history. Um, you know, you can watch it over and over and over and over and over again. And if it's a zero, it's what you make your worst enemy watch. There you go. All right. So on this movie, I'm going to give it a four and a half. Because I do think it is a cinematic masterpiece. I think it's very well shot, but there are a couple spots where I think that, you know, I don't want to say it can be improved, but I think it could have been done differently and also been good. 
Um, where if if it's a full five star, there's nothing I would I would even like consider changing whatsoever. Right. That's fair. So, all right, I guess I'll go next. Um, I'm going a little bit higher just because it is one of my all-time favorites. So I'm going 4.8. I got to go that high. I mean, I've never, I don't think I'll ever go at five. Um, there is actually one, it's a television series that I would put at five out of five, but oh, we're not I'm getting curious. into that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Band of Brothers. That's, that's five out of five. Oh, probably. I thought you were going to say How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> yeah, yo, yeah, that's it, right, How I Met Your Mother. But uh, 4.8 because... I mean, it's also my emotional connection to it. I, I think that influences me. So, uh, but I, I can I can find very very little wrong with this movie. So, that's mine. All right, I will. Uh, I'll cap it out with a four point five. Okay. Um, one of the highest scores you're going to get from me on a movie. I mean, this movie uh, just killed it. It's it's immensely watchable. Um, you know, it, it, just there's, it's just one of those films that when it's on, you can't look away. It's so well crafted. It's just amazingly shot and edited. And Scorsese's a genius. So yeah, four and a half out of five stars, good fellas. Yep. Nice. Do you have a, do you have a five star TV show, Eric? A five star TV show. Since Doug had one. No, because I like bad TV shows, man. <laughs> oh no, I've I've got a five star TV show. Best TV show I've ever seen. Wouldn't change a thing. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. That is that is a phenomenal show. I'll give you that. I can respect that. I can respect that rating, um, definitely with that one. Yeah. Also, it's the longest running live action comedy show in TV history. Yeah. It even surpassed Seinfeld. Um, all right, so we're going to be releasing these shows biweekly. So if you know this episode right now, if you're listening to it, it's October second is coming out. So that means our next movie will be coming out on October 16th, 16th of 2020. Cause you, you know, you listen to podcasts, you know, you don't always listen to them up to date. Um, and the next movie we're going to be covering together here as a uh, dynamic trio is going to be ghostbusters. So who are you going to call? Hey, are you <laughs> troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and call it professionals. That's awesome. Nice. I see. Uh, yes, I did memorize that. This was my that's pick. Great. <laughs> have you ever um have you ever seen anybody do the Ghostbuster song for karaoke? For karaoke, no, but hats off. <laughs> and it's not so bad until they get to the line we're busting all over this place. <laughs> <laughs> busting really does make me feel good. <clears throat> yep. So so thank you guys for joining us on our journey through these movies. Um, we have a Facebook group. It's the Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Feel free to join and have the discussion carry on. Give us your thoughts, your rankings, your uh, corrections and omissions that we left out. And, uh, you know, maybe make some suggestions for movies you'd like to see us do one of these days coming up. Because we, uh, we plan on doing this for a long time. If we're going to be masters of the universe, we can't, you know, we can't stop. Exactly. You know, we got to be on top of this thing here. So, once again, thank you for joining us. And we will eventually have some clever catchphrase to take us out of each episode. It'll come. Stay classy, yep. San Diego. That's not. Right, be safe, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye.